Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, Dave. For best speaking on the mic. Hey, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, fully, I fully forgot how, uh, what we were doing. Uh, Just wild. <laughs> and we are also joined by a guest who knows how to hold a microphone, thankfully. <laughs> Hello, Cameron James. Hi, everybody. Uh, just a bit of context. Uh, Matt is in a milk haze at the moment. He's currently two or three gulps into a... What is that? A litre of... No, um, no. 750, mate. I'm sorry. Not. 750 mils. Keep it reasonable. Of dare double espresso robusta and arabica coffee. Mm. You say that's reasonable, but how many did you buy? Did you get two? I got two, yeah. It's usually a twofer. This is a twofer. Two for eight. Yeah, Can't say right. no to that. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, you could. One for five. You should say no to all of it. The, se- the second one basically is almost half yeah. price. Mm. Oh. <laughs> How much milk do you consume, you know, day to day? Well, uh, about 750 mils. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a handy way to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you want to see Matt drink milk live, well, you can probably, uh, he'll probably be doing that at our live podcast in Melbourne next month. We're doing our four podcasts Holy at shit. the European Beer Cafe on Sunday evenings, the perfect time to drink 750 mils of milk. I mean, normally uh, Matt would have a couple of beers on the pod. I think I, it would be unnerving if all of a sudden he just had a pint of milk. Mm. <laughs> Mm. But let's Just give it a go. Give it a go. Slowly curdling on stage <laughs> under the hot lights. <laughs> Just like as Finish we it talk, with a spoon. And we talk about something. <laughs> Like from history and Matt's just in there going mm, yeah, mm. starts with milk ends with yogurt huh? <laughs> that's disgusting well if you want to be part of this experiment come to the European Beer Cafe April 3rd 10, 17 and 24 these are Sunday nights at 8.45pm and you can get a season pass you can come to all four shows Cam for the price of three and is this just yeah. available to me or is this available to <laughs> listeners yeah. of the show yeah you can everyone actually I'll make okay. that open for everyone <laughs> thank you yeah yeah <laughs> so I think that's only fair yeah. Yeah. that's honestly a better deal than two for eight iced coffees so Ooh. just saying jeez that makes it a very very good deal <laughs> <A> very <laughs> I'm good. listening <laughs> as uh, Fraser would say and we should also mention we're doing uh, three shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival do go on The Quiz Show on yeah. Monday nights April 4, 11 and 18 I believe the first two are now sold out or very close to sold out but you can still get tickets to April 18 so why not come along on your Easter Monday yes. <laughs> fantastic celebrate the rising of Jesus yeah with, with a, some quiz with a quiz <laughs> a comedy quiz Learn, laugh, and remember Jesus. <laughs> With us. The big three. Now, Cam, you're also doing a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. Are you performing on Easter Monday? I am, yes. I Great. am performing on Easter Monday because uh, I also like to celebrate the rising of mm. Jesus um, and the rising of ticket sales <laughs> across the board over that Easter weekend. <laughs> Always famously the busiest weekend for comedians. Yeah, come and support us, please. Yeah, don't, go, don't leave the city. Don't hang out with your family, for God's sake. Hang out with a stranger in a room talking about, you know, weird jacking off experiences they've had or whatever the fuck we talk about cam's top 10 <laughs> yeah so i'm uh, i'm in melbourne for the comedy festival april 12 to 24 at the comedy republic at 7 p.m and i'm doing a show called electric dreams and if you google it that information will come up whoa yes electric you're the number one electric dreams result uh, actually, you know what? Let's do a little experiment. I have a feeling the song will come up first. Do you, do you feel you have to qualify it with Cameron James in Electric Dreams? Maybe, yeah. Okay, if you Google Electric Dreams just on its own, a TV series from 2017 comes up first, but it does star Brian Cranston. So oh, I got to give it up to Cranston. Yeah. 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 I got to give it up to yeah. Cranny. Um, second result is Electric Dreams 1984, the film. Um, but it does star Bud Court, so I do have yeah. to give it up to Bud Court. <laughs> the bud. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't compete with Bud. Yeah, and so then the song by Philip Oakley and Giorgio Moroder, and then a few <laughs> other things. And uh, but if you add Cameron James and comedy, I am the first thing that comes up. Really? Wow. Yeah, you yeah. beat out Cranston. Yeah, I beat out Cranston. Actually, hang on, let me check. <laughs> bud Court does get listed before me there still somehow. <laughs> And you're doing, I imagine you're doing Sydney Comedy Festival as well? Uh, yeah, Sydney Comedy Festival in uh, some time, <laughs> somewhere. Uh, I think Mar- I- May? May? Yes? Yes, May 12 to 15 in Sydney, May 4 to 7 in Perth, and May 17 to 22 in Brisbane, the city of 
angels. Um, so I'm all over the shop doing this Electric Dreams show. I'm very excited to do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, well, good luck getting a ticket now because <laughs> ticket sales are flying off the shelves after this plug. <laughs> People do think they're seeing Bud Court. But it's, <laughs> no uh, refunds. No yeah, refunds. no refunds. Very Bud important. <laughs> As a cinephile, you would know all about his work. I I've seen uh, I've seen Harold and Maud, which is one of his films. Okay. That is a great movie. It is a great movie. And uh, he's also in some Wes Anderson stuff. So there you go. And Wes Anderson is a filmmaker. Well, I, I think of him more as an auteur, but yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay, <laughs> potatoes, we're potatoes. talking movies on the podcast today. <laughs> hey, I don't know where you're doing the topic, right? Dave, do you want to explain to well, Cam I just want to say, why, I've got to pull you okay, out of While fine. you're nailing words like auteur, do you think you could nail <gasps> your comedy festival oh, venue? Yeah, yes. Um, Here we go. It's called... Hit- don't say Hitler's Bunker. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was the working title. (laughs) No, I was gonna. It's it's called Hong Kong Hubba Hubba Big uh, Ring a Ding Ding. Ring a Ding Ding. (laughs) You gotta say Big Red Car. I can't. My head wants to go to Big Red Car every time. Uh, and it is on at Bard's Apothecary. Apothecary. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, I haven't made it easy with any of this. And it's on the second half of the festival. And that's uh, your split show with Alistair Trombley Birch. That's right. We're doing a comedy there. That's right. Two, po- <laughs> two stand ups <laughs> for the price of one. That's maybe. right. Yeah. Monday nights, uh, Angus Gordon is playing my role as I'll be doing the quiz with you two. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I think links to all this stuff will be yeah, in the I'll show Yeah, I'll link notes. to all that stuff mm. in the description. Yeah. If you've just been skipping 30 seconds at a time, we're about to start the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, fair yeah. enough. You've yeah, nailed I get it. Well it. done. Fair enough. <laughs> but check out the links in the show notes if you want to see any of us and all of us at the Comedy Festival. Fantastic. And the way the show works, as Matt was trying to ask me to explain, is we take it in turns, Cam, hopefully you know this bit, mm. to report on a topic <laughs> often suggested by a listener. We go away, do a bit of research, bring it back to the others who don't know what the topic is going to be. You did a fantastic report last year, one of our favourites of the year with Alexi Toliopoulos, or maybe That's the year right. before, I can't remember now. I don't know. Anyway, it all feels like a blur, But it? Uh, yeah. you reported on the Guinness Book of Records, a fantastic mm. report. Mm. you got a brand new one here. I think mm-hmm. that Matt might know what it is. but I can't remember, okay. but I know you gave me two options. And I said they were both great But they were both vaguely related to your show Is that right? Yeah, that's right Well, yes Because I'm My show Electric Dreams Starring Bud Court And Brian Cranston <laughs> Is um, <laughs> Is uh, Based on uh, My teenage years When I was attempting to be a musician Yeah I wrote a lot of songs, very serious songs, and I recently have discovered the songbooks with all of that music in it, and oh. I'm playing them live on stage <laughs> and telling the stories behind them. Uh, so that I is, wanted to do something musical I, for this episode. I'm going to come see a show, I'm going to laugh a lot, but I'm also going to uh, cringe a mm. lot because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was exactly that same person. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. some of the songs. <laughs> what kind of music were you writing? Uh, uh, so it was punk at first, right. and then it became an emo type thing. Yes. And then yes. we pushed through to a sort of an indie rock sound. Okay, right. So the natural uh, progression. Yeah. Um, punk, who are your punk guys? Who are like my heroes? Yeah, oh, I love NoFX, Rancid, okay. Pennywise. So California punk, yeah, I love that you sort of heading stuff. Yeah. And then emo. Did you dip your toes into emo folk? Your bright eyes, your love, dashboard confessions. Still love bright eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> still love bright eyes. <laughs> you two are sort of feeling some real kindred energy. Yeah, yeah. I, can, yeah. I can see what the, I had similar taste as well. And then indie rock. Where did we end up? Where's uh, where did our music taste? End uh, up? For for a while there, those bands that had like 
that were obviously unsustainable because they had 60 members. Oh, yeah, like you know? Arcade Fire yeah, and Broken four, Social Scene. Four drummers for some yes. reason. I always wanted to be in one of those bands. It looked like fun. There was a Newcastle band where I grew up called the Sea Bellies who were kind of ripping off Arcade Fire and Broken Social Scene. There was about 13 members. And they during their set, they'd all swap instruments and they'd be... One guy would be playing the drums for a bit, then he'd get up and go over to the keyboards, and I would always watch him and be like, fuck, that looks fun. Yeah. I want to be in that. It just looks like a group of friends. Yeah. That's all I wanted now that I look back. <laughs> I want to be just a group of friends that all liked the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did involve 10 people sleeping in a single hotel room. Oh, oh God. So yeah, imagine just splitting the money you make from the gig. It's like yeah. $6 each. Yeah. And, and half a pint each. Oh, it's a nightmare. Well, yeah, so I wanted to, because I've been spending so much time in this musical world for my show, I wanted to do a musical uh, story or report for you guys today. I did right. have two options. One uh, I told you about, and I, I might save that in case I ever am invited back onto this blessed program. Hey, hey. You are always welcome here. All right, I'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but the one I'm uh, I'm gonna do for you today, I'm very keen about. I'm very keen because uh, it feels like a movie. Okay, like the story of this report feels like it would be a feature film. Maybe something Wes Anderson could put on the screen. Well, you tell me. You know all about the auteur and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, you love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real. Oh. You know, any you other what. cinematic lingo you can drop in? Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, first AD. <laughs> 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 yeah, this guy's been on set. Yeah, wow. He been on set. Oh, good stuff. I've done an ad or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Should I dive in? What yes. do you reckon? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to start a little bit dramatically, but then we'll ease off into sort of normal talking in a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> what if an ordinary person with dreams of rock superstardom got the call up to become a member of the most famous band in the world? Would they rise to meet the challenge? Would they lose touch with themselves? Would their lives ever be the same? This is the synopsis for the 2001 movie Rockstar, starring Mark Wahlberg as a normal guy who becomes lead singer in a famous metal band called Steel Dragon. It also stars Jennifer Aniston and uh, the guy from The Wire as a heavy metal guitarist. It's a really bad movie, one and a half stars. But <laughs> it was one of my favorite movies as a teenager because I must admit... It's a great premise. Do you all agree? What if an ordinary guy oh, got to join the most yeah. famous band in the world? Yeah. 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 I think that's a pretty solid premise for a flick. And I mean, it kind of makes sense that this was like a, mm. a favourite for you as a team <laughs> when you were, you know... Hoping this would happen. Exactly America. right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. See, it is possible. Yeah, I watched Mark Wahlberg do it and I thought, that could be me with <laughs> Franz Ferdinand or Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> you see a lot of yourself in Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Still do to this yeah. day. Yeah. I'm very similar to him. There's a, a few sports movies I think that have a similar kind of. Oh uh, yeah, any like anyone who's like a nobody who just all of a sudden is possessed with a touch of genius. Yeah, yeah. like Airbud. Yeah, Airbud <laughs> <laughs> is very similar to that. Yeah, an ordinary dog can't play basketball. <laughs> well, there's nothing in the rule book about this. <laughs> Show me in the rule where it says a dog can't play. That's hmm? my favorite little loophole in yeah. all those movies. Yeah. There's always a guy going through the rule book being like, <laughs> frantically being like, "Well, technically." Chimps can play football. 
Did we do one a chimp playing football movie with you? Oh, uh, I don't do? think we did. Well, I'm gonna bring it back. I'm bringing yeah. Prim- Primates back. So if you can find that movie, <laughs> we should definitely do it. I feel like it's something. Anyway, all so those movies are from the author Robert Vince. Yeah, Robert Vince. Is, oh, he, right. Yeah, is he, he the airbag guy? His work. Well, he yeah he was involved in that universe and he split off to make his own films. Okay. Uh, including most valuable primate, mm. most vertical primate, <laughs> and most extreme primate. Okay. Yeah. Great, great, great. So he, yeah, he is, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you see it, you know sure. what we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll check him out. <laughs> it's very specific decisions he made that no one else would make, and that's what I think an auteur is. That's an auteur. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Okay. This was one of my favorite movies as a teenager. And it is a premise that is shared with the story that I'm going to tell you today. The story of Jimmy Nickel. Has anyone here ever heard of Jimmy Nickel? Oh, it feels like I have, but I haven't. Have I? Or it's just one I? of those names that yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, right? yeah Just yeah. a bit of a... Bit. Be a off spin for England? Is that him? Jimmy, <laughs> no, Jimmy he's not a bloody cricketer, mate. <laughs> Take your sport and shove it. <laughs> this is a music rock Jimmy and roll Nickel. podcast today. It's, it does sound English, though. Yeah, he, well, you're correct. He is British. I'll give you a little bit of a... Oh, uh, Jimmy backstory. Nickel. Oh, oh, it's me, Jimmy Nickel. On, guys, this is just... <laughs> no, but have a go, Cam. It's fun. <clears throat> All right. <sighs> <clears throat> Oh, I'm Jimmy Nickel in here. Yeah, yeah, it is actually pretty is good. Yeah, fun. now that I've done it, it is actually awesome. Dave, do you want to have a go? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> come on. That's fair. I'm Jimmy Nickel. Yeah. All right, everyone, come on down. I'm a muso or something. Yeah. Fuck, that's pretty good. Yeah. And, you, and you're spot on. He is a muso. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of uh, info about Jimmy Nickel. James George Nickel, born 3rd of August, 1939 in London, England. James George sucks, doesn't it? Come on. Parents didn't think that through. <laughs> Two kings names. Yeah, Beautiful right. name. James George. <laughs> James George Nickel. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> How often are you saying the full name? That's true. When he's in trouble, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> James George Nickel. Oh, I hate it. Sorry, James, but ugh. I don't know if he Jimmy ever George? did get in trouble. Jimmy George is better. <laughs> Jimmy George is a... Jimmy G. Jimmy yeah, George like is a real gangster. Yeah, like Jimmy George. Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> Do you know Jimmy George Nickel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's all right. Oh, Dave loves... Uh, Statham movies Love. and go. I started watching one the other night. I, I didn't get far through it. Which How one? Jason what, the Wrath of Khan? No, The Wrath of Man. Oh boy, oh, you haven't even heard of it, and you're a big Statham <laughs> fan. <laughs> I mean, they all sound very similar, and they all it are was, very similar. It was real weird. <laughs> right. It was <laughs> like it felt like all the actors were doing it at gunpoint or something. They all looked. Maybe this is one of those. Um, was it one of those really cheap action movies knocked off for streaming or whatever? Oh, maybe because they probably it only did, it ha- they probably are cheap, doing yeah. it at gunpoint. Yeah, right. I think they film a lot of those in like Eastern Europe somewhere, right? And yeah. there's no union, and there's mafia hanging around set. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, okay. Well, that makes um, sense. They have a day to shoot all their scenes, yeah. And shit. yeah. So they're probably just freaking out. That like, makes sense. That's how it felt. Yeah, yeah. good, okay. good. I mean, I've never heard of it, and I'm a I'm a movie guy, you know. I'm just looking it up. It is a it's a Guy Ritchie movie from last year, and it also stars Post Malone. So you know it's good. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Wow. That guy's a, that, he's an actor now. Post Malone. It's that easy, folks. <laughs> if you want to get into the biz, tattoo a bunch of bullshit on your face and, <laughs> and copy Kid Rock for a bit. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Jimmy cop, cop George that. Nickel. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, mic drop. <laughs> Milk drop. <laughs> Milk drop. <laughs> 
Jimmy was interested in music as a young kid. In his teenage years, he began to focus on studying jazz and in particular jazz drumming. And by the time he was 18 years old, he'd become a fixture of London's skiffle and early rock and roll scene as a drummer at the Two Eyes Coffee Bar. During this time, he was talent spotted by local music manager and impresario Larry Parnes, who quickly signed the young musician <laughs> and put him to work as a drummer for hire in many local acts. This does feel like a movie. Yeah, yeah. see? And I've, I've cobbled this together from many different articles and I've definitely arranged it in a way that feels like a pitch <laughs> for a film. Right. So if anyone wants to be a part of this project, I am looking for investors. <laughs> <clears throat> now, you're a music guy, Dave, so... Here's some of the acts that uh, Jimmy George Nickel performed with. I want to know if you know any of them. I'll just rattle them off. Colin Hicks and the Cabin Boys. <laughs> Vince Eager and the Quiet Three. Oh, that's a great that's name. That's good. The Oscar Rabin Band. So these are all skiffle bands. <laughs> the Cyril Stapleton Big Band. <laughs> he also did session work with the Ted Heath Orchestra and the Johnny Dankworth Orchestra. Are you across any of those? <laughs> Big fan of Dankworth's work. <laughs> I love Johnny Dankworth. Are there, did any bands apart from the Beatles break out of the skiffle scene? I don't think so. No, I think skiffle is like, no one talks about it no. as a genre cycle. <laughs> There's some people who never moved on from skiffle. They're still saying it. Skiffle till I die. <laughs> Skiffle yeah. is just a fu- it's such a fun name for a genre as well. It's great. <laughs> you going to Skiffle Fest this year, by the way? <laughs> Get your tickets now. All right. Okay. So I'll move into some more familiar territory. And you, you've actually teased where this is going in a way. In 1963, Jimmy got hired as a session drummer for a cheap cash-in covers album called Top Six Teenager's Choice. This was kind of a big thing. Back in the 1960s, if someone had a huge pop hit like Herman's Hermits or the Beach Boys or Elvis or something, um, the studio would try to make as much money as they could out of the song by licensing that song to other covers musicians and session musicians and selling it alongside the original in record stores. So if you like looked at the charts from 1962, you'd see whatever the number one hit is like some shit from some skiffle band we've never heard of. <laughs> and then like down like, 1970, like the 70s, 80s, whatever, um, there's just other cover versions of that same song lower so in the top 100. they've accidentally bought, you know, yeah. like, like mm. a knockoffs Transformers they, movie exactly, or something that yeah. Grandma uh, got. Yeah, someone's grandma has accidentally gone in there and gone, oh, yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, I have a feeling that is the market. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what they were aiming for, accidental buyers or just like instrumental versions of the song or whatever so people could sing along at home or whatever the fuck really dumb there used to be a sheet music chart as well you know it was a different time back then people buying the instrumental version getting the sheet music they want it all I used to buy sheet music oh not sheet music but they'd sell like um books of all the chord charts for like bands and yeah. stuff i bought all those yeah, fucking things <laughs> they were sort of notoriously done. often wrong yeah because well. they're just done by some guy yeah. <laughs> some nobody they're not official so, i had the jeff buckley one and the i had a shania twain one. Oh, that's good <laughs> looks like we made it could play that no problem i love shania Hey, who doesn't? She fucking rules. <laughs> the top six record that Jimmy made, or Jimmy was hired to play on, was simply called Beatlemania! <gasps> exclamation mark. And was made up of 12 songs from the first two Beatles albums, with Jimmy playing the drum parts as a knockoff Ringo and doing a pretty good job 
and the rest of the band sounding nothing at all like John, Paul, and John. You can actually you <laughs> to, can look it up. To be fair, the drums are probably the easiest bit to imitate. <laughs> To sound like that sounds just like Ringo. Hang on, let's hear Paul. Your voice doesn't sound anything <laughs> like him. But this Ringo, that's the same drum sound. I'm really liking this Ringo. <laughs> I mean, have you seen that? There's a video that um, with Questlove and Dave Grohl and a few other drummers from a few years back, and they're all sitting on Ringo's kit in a like a on a white psych, just hmm. talking about Ringo. And like doing little drum fills and stuff saying, that's Ringo. You hear that, you know that's Ringo. So I don't know if it is that easy. I'm a big Ringo defender. Yeah, me too. It's nothing on Ringo. It's just imitating anyone's drum sound is probably Mm. easier than than imitating a voice. voice. And if you like, I've listened to this on this album on YouTube. It's all up on YouTube. Beatlemania, top six, teenager's choice. Um, (laughs) And it's like clear to me, I don't know who the singers were, but it's in my mind. They're like, Way older. Yeah. They're like guys in their 50s or something who've been session singers for a long time and they're really posh. They don't sound like they're from Liverpool. (laughs) They're like, well, I saw her standing there. (laughs) Like, it's really, it's bizarre to listen to. But with this, like, kind of rock music to it. Right. Yeah, they're not not doing full Richard Cheese or whatever. No, they're like trying to sound, the music sounds similar, but the singing sounds... It sucks ass. It's really bad. <laughs> was it Richard Cheese? He used to do the lounge I, yeah, covers, yeah. I used to love that shit when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it's that only lounge. Yeah, lounge. That's sick. <laughs> it was so good. Or uh, the Aussie guy used to do it, uh, Frank Bennett. There's a few, a few. Oh, really? Yeah. Was, I guess it was a bit of a thing back then where wouldn't it be funny if we did like. S- boomer music, but about it was new metal songs yeah, and rap yeah. songs and stuff. That's funny. And it is officially funny, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, it was, I, I did, it was, you know, it's nice. Sometimes you just want a bit of smooth music. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I like but smooth But you want music. the lyrics to rock. <laughs> I'm a creep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Richard Cheese, big fan, big fan. Uh, I'll pause the story here just briefly to give everyone at home a little bit of back story on the Beatles um, <laughs> I know that we know who they are but you know your listeners are 12 years old they've never even heard of the fucking Beatles so just quickly um, the Beatles are a band mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. from Liverpool uh-huh. Who uh, had been playing together for about seven years in England and Germany under various names before they released their debut album, Please Please Me, in 1963, which became an instant number one hit and catapulted them into European fame. Please note here, not worldwide fame yet. They became so popular in Europe that their manager, Brian Epstein, booked them into a world tour with hopes of turning them into a global phenomenon. This tour would include 37 shows over 27 days in Denmark, the Netherlands, Hong Kong, Australia, where we are, and New Zealand. And would feature, which is not where we are, but it's similar. <laughs> yeah. It's quite it's close. close. It's right near, it's right around the corner. I'd call them like next door neighbours. Absolutely. I think it's you know? written into the, the constitution. If they want in, they can be in. Yeah, I, anytime. I th- anytime. <laughs> they just have to give us a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Call, call we us are up. We are waiting. Yeah, we've got like, a 24 hour number for We them. don't need visas to go there. We can just go. Yeah. So we, can just, we can just pop over. And they can too. Here. They can just come on Love over. That. Stay as long as you like. Yeah. You know, make yourself at home. Chill out. As long as you like. As long as the borders are open. Yeah, 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 yeah. There and, is a real you know, vibe that I just think New Zealand's the best of us. 
Absolutely. Oh, big time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They know it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know Look at that. their prime minister. <clears throat> yeah, their prime minister's amazing. Their country's beautiful. My God, Lord of the well, Rings. Yeah, that's a bit of a backhander against our prime minister. I don't want to get into it, but... Yeah, he's bit, beautiful bit more too. respect for the office, please. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they were going to go on this world tour. Uh, they'd already been booked into it, and uh, the world tour would feature them doing two 30-minute shows per day, plus a press conference, pretty much just to serve as promo for the records. Their first stop of the tour was the United States of America, where they appeared on the Ed Sullivan TV show, and overnight they became the most famous band in the world. In fact, that was so huge that they no longer needed to do this pissy little <laughs> promotional world tour, but the contracts were signed... And the money had been paid and Brian Epstein, the fifth Beatle, insisted that the four boys embark on this now redundant trot <laughs> around the globe. Two 30-minute shows a day. Yeah. That sounds fucked. Yeah, I know. Plus, like, interviews with all the local yeah. press. And it was real tedious. There's footage of them just being fed up with it. Yeah, just they hated you'd be it. be out of your head. Yeah, of course. Like, they don't know where they are at any point. One night they're in the Netherlands, the next night they're in Hong Kong. You know, they don't know what the they're, fuck they're talking about. They're in about. Melbourne and the, all the journalists are like, have you tried the coffee? Yeah, and like, they're like, tried, sure. Whatever. Yeah, know, whatever. whatever. Be please, Gloria Jeans. Please, <laughs> please praise our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I mean, they didn't have the two for $8 dare ice coffee deal back then. So, you know. so there was just one problem about this world tour. And that problem was that Ringo Starr, the drummer, had gotten sick <gasps> on the morning of 3 June 1964. You got the COVID. <laughs> the first case of COVID was reported <laughs> by Ringo Starr. Wow, Ringo Starr. <laughs> Actually close. It was tonsillitis. Oh, no. Tonsillitis, which is very similar because it's also in the throat area. Yeah. Which is where COVID lives mainly. Mainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 throats and... Throats and asses. <laughs> Ringo Starr was doing a photo shoot for the uh, Sunday Evening Post newspaper in Barnes, South London, when he collapsed due to tonsillitis. He was taken to University College Hospital where he was ordered to rest completely and he was told not to go on the world tour. Who collapses from tonsillitis? Yeah. This, is a, this is the 60s, though. How about... You know? Okay, I'm Everything your doctor. a little more dramatic. Yeah. I'm your doctor, Ringo. Here's a little a teaspoon of concrete, mate. Okay. <laughs> Toughen up, bro. <laughs> oh, you just, oh, you collapsed from tonsillitis. You've got a bit of a sore throat. Have you ever had it? I've never had it. Yeah, it's it's, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she's collapsed. It's really bad. It's really bad. You wouldn't wish it upon your enemies. But uh, fuck it, Ringo. Toughen up. He couldn't, but he's a musician. They're artists. Yeah. They're sensitive. You can you know. picture him going down, you know, hand on the head. Yeah. Oh, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You've got bloody tonsillitis. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like him. I just watched that eight-hour documentary on the Beatles and I still can't do an impression of these fucking guys. I think you were closer to maybe one of the others. Yeah, yeah that Ringo's sounded pretty, more like you gotta, you got to talk Thomas the Tank Engine yeah, and probably get to Ringo. Uh, yeah, I can only say fat controller. Fat controller. No, it's hard. That's good. Controller. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think I was closer to Paul and um, artistically as well. Uh, <laughs> pretty similar. The creative Beatles, so, the yeah. genius of the Beatles. So he, he's gone down and the others have gone, oh no, we won't have to play Ringo songs. <laughs> oh no, at the movies. Oh, great. What, what a tragedy. We won't, we won't be singing this on the tour. Oh, bummer. Sorry, Ringo. Oh, it sucks. John, Paul and George presented a united front and demanded that the tour be postponed until Ringo was better, but this... Bastard Brian Epstein would not give in. 
The five of them are at an impasse. From the other room, their producer, genius, and sixth Beatle, George Martin, chimed in. Because part of his duties as producer involves signing off on any cover versions of Beatles songs. And as luck would have it, he had just listened to and approved the release of a cheap knockoff cash grab shitty covers compilation <laughs> record <laughs> called Top Six Teenagers' Choice Beatle Mania. It's so long. <laughs> Top Six Teenagers' <laughs> Choice Beatle Mania. I know my festival show coming up is called Hong Kong Cover. <laughs> <laughs> Still, <laughs> that feels like they could have cut one of those lines. Yeah, just call it top six, right? Yeah. Or just Teenager's Choice. Not both. Also, because there's 12 songs on the record. Yeah. So what does it even mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Every team, we've, we ask six kids to pick two songs each. <laughs> and and, and they, they can only pick the same thing. There's actually, there's a very intricate <laughs> rule system here. But what an awful job for George Martin, who's got to... Yeah. Listen to every single cover version. There's no way he did, right? There's, oh. He probably would just put them on for a second and go, yeah, that's fine. fine. Yeah, done. Let's get the money. I'm yeah. getting paid for this as well. Yeah, how much do we make per one of these? Okay, yeah. we'll approve. Yeah, but done, 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 done. The approval stamp. But has he heard one and he's gone, oh my God, that drumming sound. Well. It's almost identical. Exactly. <laughs> he just listened to Beatlemania and he found that the session drummer used on that album was an eerie mimic of Ringo's idiosyncratic drumming style. Oh, there you go. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he showed me. I thought it was easy to imitate a drum sound, but apparently not. Plus, he lived in London. Plus, he already knew the songs. So on that day, June 3, 1964, George Martin, the sixth Beatle, suggested to the most famous band on the world that if they needed a replacement drummer for their world tour, they should look no further than the 24-year-old rock star wannabe from London, England, Jimmy George Nickel. And as Jimmy recalls, I was just having a bit of a lie down after lunch when the phone <laughs> rang. <laughs> oh, siesta. <laughs> so Man, he's already got so a pretty good. sick I'm life. I'm loving that. That's, yeah. that's all I want. It's very Italian. <laughs> if I'm ever lying down after lunch, I'm feeling fucking that's on pretty top of the good, world. Isn't yeah. Yeah. I've, had, I've had a delicious big lunch <laughs> and I'm going to go have a little lie down for <laughs> I'm digesting. See where the day takes me after mm. my lie down. Oh, imagine getting a call. You're already on top of the world i know but maybe Holy you're shit. maybe you're a bit groggy though oh that's true oh yeah you'd probably Food be coming. laying there like huh <laughs> <laughs> is this a dream yeah, this must be a dream <laughs> do you want to play with the beatles i am dreaming i'm <laughs> full as fuck i can't i can't, <laughs> I can't do it i've had a big lunch i had a pie <laughs> I had a lot of cheese <laughs> i was having a, a bit of a lie down after lunch when the phone rang it was emi asking if i could come to the studio to rehearse with the beatles <laughs> two what? questions what? Two hours after I got there, I was told to pack my bags for Denmark. Now, at this point in the 2001 Mark Wahlberg film Rockstar, Mark's character Chris, the nobody, receives an unexpected phone call from Steel Dragon's founder and rhythm guitarist Kirk Cuddy, played by McNulty from The Wire, and is offered the chance to join Steel Dragon as their lead singer. Chris adopts the stage name Izzy and joins Steel Dragon on a world tour. Um, and this... This transition to rock stardom is not smooth for Izzy Cole, and it is also not smooth for Jimmy Nickel. A lot mm. harder to just slot into the front man role. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Mark Wahlberg is a 10 out of 10 talent. Oh. We love the guy. He's got a stage presence. He's got yeah. charisma coming oh, out the wazoo. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for starters, the rest of the Beatles were not too keen on the idea of some random guy stepping in and replacing their best mate, because... 
I mean, you've got to remember they've been a band slogging it out for seven years at this stage, even though they'd only just gotten world famous. And, and even Ringo though, had only joined. Ringo had only just joined him a few years earlier. But really? Hey, that's how much they loved him. Didn't they boot? They yes. booted Pete Best. Or, they had, no, it was uh, Pete, no, who was the original? Was yeah, it, it was Pete Best. Yeah, there was Sutcliffe at one point, right? So he was Sutcliffe a bass player who was the artist who was... Wasn't really interested, I think. Jess did do a, a report on all this about six five years or six ago. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Some of it's still hanging around. But, I, yeah, I do. Pete I always Best watch the Beatles stuff. was a who came to Germany with them for a yeah, big chunk and that, of time. And, it, and basically, it just was like, by the way, you're not in the band anymore. Yeah. Because they loved Ringo. Because Ringo was kind of like famous in Liverpool yes. as a sick drummer. Uh, yeah, they were almost dude. intimidated by him yeah, early on. He was more famous than them. Yeah. And they were like, wow, Ringo wants to be in our band. Band. Yeah. That's crazy. Let's get him and we'll kick this Pete guy out. That's how we're feeling right now with you on this podcast. <laughs> he wants to be on our podcast. But I went to me. There can only be one ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very true. So they felt lucky to have Ringo in their group. And uh, and so they, they didn't want... They didn't like the idea of replacing him on this tour. George Martin says they nearly didn't go on the Australian tour. George Harrison is a very loyal person. And he said, if Ringo is not part of the group, it's not the Beatles. I don't see why we should do it. And I'm not going to. It took all of Brian's and my persuasion to tell George that if he didn't do it, he was letting everybody down. Yeah. Especially Jimmy Nichol is like, please, can we just let me go on this tour, guys? George Harrison says, yes, I was very against that. I didn't want to do the tour without Ringo. It's stupid. It's like Cliff Richard getting sick and putting someone else in his place. The Beatles were and always will that be helps, that the helps four fabs. <laughs> you get it now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So like, imagine someone else being in his place. <laughs> That'd be the same as it's a It's like you go to see Cliff Richard and it's bloody Biff Richard up there. You'd be like, who the hell is this? <laughs> I didn't pay money to see Biff Richard. <laughs> Cliff Richard would have been so stoked to have been in that. It was like, yeah, yeah. imagine. Yeah, I'm like the Beatles, guys. <laughs> or Cl- Cliff Richard's drummer's reading that. It's about to, I'm about to be name-checked by George Harrison. <laughs> it's Cliff Richard replacing Cliff Richard. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I remember him. He, he's. St- I feel like he's got a chip on his shoulder about the Beatles, Cliff Richard. I remember. Was he? I mean, I don't know. It was just like a songs. real big pop. I think he, he yeah. had a song, Living Doll or something. But uh, I think he yeah. had a lot of hits in the, in the back in the day. And the young ones, right? Yeah, the young yeah. ones did a version with him. But he, I remember an interview with him not too long ago where he was like, if you listen closely to the Beatles records, a lot of it is off key. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, personally, I've, I've got high standards and that, that sort of thing. Holy shit. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, it's... Man, I don't think... I, don't, I think the jury's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit late in the game to be doing that. People are like, oh, we should really reassess the Beatles. I feel like now you've said that, though, Cliff Richard will be someone I get into in the next year or <laughs> yeah. so. I could see myself being like, actually, Cliff Richard's way more in key than those Beatles. <laughs> like, I, I, was, I got really into the Bee Gees. I still really am. But, like, mainly because people were shitting on the Bee Gees. And then I just was like, yeah, let's... I reckon they're probably going to be really good. And I listened to them and they are. And I was going around for a while going, they're better than the Beatles. The Bee Gees are better than the Beatles. I think you can make a... Like, all that stuff is so subjective. But I do... I have the same instinct when people are shitting on a band. But normally my ones are worse bands. You know, like... (laughs) The, the killers I got right into them for a while because oh, I was yeah. such a punchline like band yeah. I'm like then why are they a joke band they're 
They're pretty good. They're pretty good. And then someone pulled me up. They're like, the killers don't need you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the killers are doing okay. They don't need you out there. Going, you don't need to go to bat for them. Yeah. <laughs> That's normal. If you become a joke band, they're massive. Yeah. And then yeah. I come and go, oh, yeah? Let's see about this Nickelback. Let's see how bad they really are. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, they still have fucking arenas. <laughs> yeah, in there. they're yeah. fine. They're doing all right. Don't worry about they're it. They're millionaires. <laughs> Don't worry about them. You're at Rod Laver Arena yelling, people are wrong. People are wrong about <laughs> they're them. They're actually chance. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so George is not into it. He went on to say, we should have been more forceful and said, no, we're not doing it. Also, it was no help to Jimmy Nichols' life to be king for a day. After some back and forth in the room, George finally relented, and on June 3, 1964, George Martin called Jimmy in his home, as we already know, and officially invited him to become a temporary Beatle. Uh, Nichols' first rehearsal was with the Beatles at 3 p.m. that day at Abbey Road and lasted just one hour. It wasn't captured on tape. But studio records show that they performed six songs from the Beatles' current stage routine. I want to hold your hand. She loves you. I saw her standing there. This boy. Finally a song about a man in the mix. (laughs) Finally. Can't Buy Me Love and Long Tall Sally. The band all agreed that Jimmy's playing was up to stuff. And within the hour, he was fitted for a suit and had his hair cut into a traditional Beatles <laughs> mop top. Oh, my party. God. <laughs> I like love a- it. It's like being drafted in the military. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. yep, here's a uniform. There's three doors here. They de-louse him. <laughs> yeah, you've got the... <laughs> Yeah, the uniform, you get the haircut, and then we've just uh, got the plastic surgeon standing by. <laughs> wow. How, what? The vibe to be in there as well, when knowing that George is like, I don't want you to be here, yeah. I don't want to be doing this, sort of intense. It must have been very tense. Um, now, this is a showbiz show. We're all in showbiz, so let's talk cash, yeah? Let's talk how much this guy got paid. Hey. time. Let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's get down to the contracts. <laughs> Exactly how much Nickel was paid for his brief stint with the band has never been confirmed. However, in a rare interview in the 80s, he claimed that he was offered £2,500 per show, wow. which is about £45,000 per Holy show Holy shit, today. I was assuming they'd be <laughs> paying him bad Peanuts, money. Peanuts, yeah. Yeah, no, they paid That's him amazing. pretty well. You know, £100, 100 pounds or something. Yeah. yeah. Which you'd still Whatever take. Union like, rates you're, being, yeah. you're being taken on tour. You're not paying for your flights. And you'd be like, I mean, this is pretty good on my credits. If I'm looking to yeah. be a session musician totally. or whatever. Yeah, but it's a good look, isn't that's it? That's insane and money. So it makes you think, good money. what are they getting? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because you know what I was comparing it to? The Wiggles. When, uh, uh, yeah. when Greg stepped out and they brought in Sam. And he was just getting paid as like an employee, but oh, the others are yeah. all they're like... They're all board members. Exactly. Yeah. So they're mm-hmm. making insane money. He's still, Sam is still making a good wage, mm. but not as much. Um, and that's what I'm now thinking. How much are the How rest of the Beatles making? Because he's yeah. making mm. 2500 bucks. Wasn't it kind of famous that they didn't get paid? Like all their deals were pretty shitty, but obviously their version of shitty is not my version of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> mm. far out. Yeah, I mean, Metallica did it differently. Remember, do you ever see some kind of monster when they signed Rob Rob and they um, (laughs) Triulo from Suicidal Tendencies and stuff? Mm. And they go, All right, you're in the band. Here's a million bucks to get you started. And that was just like, they're like, (laughs) You're going to be making a lot of money from now. Here's a little taster. Jesus Christ. They should do that with comedy. (laughs) I agree. I'd take 2,500 bucks a pod. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. I'd take forty five thousand. You know, I do. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take, yeah, I'll take what I'll, I'll take, take a million. A million. Yeah, I'll take a million. <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> and for context, this was about a thousand times uh, more than he was being paid a week earlier <laughs> as a session drummer <laughs> in, <laughs> in London. <laughs> so that's pretty significant. I hope he lived drum, his right? life as if that would be how it was forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to have one car. Now I've got a thousand. <laughs> As Jimmy recalls, that night I couldn't sleep a wink. I was a fucking beetle. Wow. Ringo, on the was other it, hand, was, was less thrilled. Money? Yeah, I mean, I guess. A gold toilet. <laughs> Ringo was less thrilled. It was very strange, them going off without me. They'd taken Jimmy Nickel, and I thought they didn't love me anymore. Oh, oh. no, Ringo. Ringo's not happy about Come this. Come on. Did, George, like, did they talk to him? It feels like they just... like. <laughs> George didn't go, hey, I really didn't want to do it, but it's only be short term. They just went, all right, we're doing it. I guess we'll see Ringo when we get back. He'll figure it out. Don't worry, Ringo. We're only giving him 45 grand a show. It's nothing. Don't worry about it, bud. That is coming out of your way. (laughs) Get better soon. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And so within 24 hours of meeting with the four likely lads from Liverpool, Jimmy was walking on stage with the band in Copenhagen in front of thousands of screaming fans. That first night, he felt completely out of place. He wore Ringo Starr's suit on stage with strategically placed clothes pegs to make his jacket fit properly. He was so nervous that first night that as Paul McCartney recalls, he was sitting behind the drum kit, just eyeing all the women. We'd start playing oh, She Loves You. <laughs> <laughs> so you do that when you're on stage. Oh, right? when I'm nervous. Oh, man, I can't stop. Can't take your eyes off the birds. There's a woman. He's, There's always, a woman. he's always looking at women. He's licking his lips. <laughs> yeah. That's when you know I'm really yeah. feeling pretty anxious. Yeah. We, have to have a ch- we have to have a chat then. Calm him down a bit. 
hey, hey, little fella, you're Have a cold shower or something. Yeah, Yeah, that helps a lot. (laughs) We'd start playing She Loves You and we'd count in one, two, three and he wouldn't start playing. So we'd start (laughs) counting again. One, two, three, still nothing. Yeah, if they got to four, he would have known. According to reports, John Lennon would often turn around and show him his strumming on the two and four beats so that Jimmy could stay in sync because the screaming of the fans was so loud. Wow. The next night, Jimmy and the Beatles played two sold-out shows in the Netherlands, including one performance filmed for television in which they mimed along to the records. So I find that interesting because first he's been hired to just play like Ringo. Now he's just has to mime to Ringo. Yeah. It's really bizarre. And there's yeah. footage of it. I've watched that on YouTube as well. It's weird because the Beatles are all very confident and good. And then there's just this random dude sitting behind the drum kit just sort of looking scared and right. weird and I hadn't thought of it because I've heard in interviews that other members would say that Ringo in those live shows because they couldn't hear anything mm. they could barely hear each other mm. that they really used him to stay in time with this, yeah. with each other like, now they've got this nobody yeah, who can't <laughs> keep time forgets to start playing <laughs> be a fucking mess <laughs> he's facing the wrong way <laughs> back to the kit <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got the drumsticks in between his toes. Yeah. No, Jimmy, no. <laughs> he's just completely turned around. He's just forgotten everything. And do you think it's like a news story? Like people fans know Ringo's ill, or mm, it was. Uh, so yeah. they're not trying to like pass him off. Yeah. No, no, they're not saying this is Ringo now. Like I, it actually must have been really hard for him because there was big press about the fact that Ringo wasn't coming yeah, on tour, and right. people hated that I think people were sort of <laughs> screaming we want Ringo and shit yeah. putting holding signs up at the airport he was the funny one he was the funny one and you one. could tell that when he played yes so. he played funny yeah? he did play <laughs> he played funny but if there was one thing Jimmy wanted it was to earn the respect of the guys and if that wasn't going to happen on stage then it would happen off <laughs> and that night in Amsterdam Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy took the boys out for a wild night on the town Lennon says, when we, hit, when we hit town, we really hit it. We were not pissing about. There's photographs of me groveling around on the ground, crawling around on Amsterdam streets on my knees, coming out of whorehouses and people saying, good morning, John, and all of that. <laughs> oh, all of that. There's, there's photos. There's photos of people saying, good morning, John. <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> Which really doesn't that prove that they yeah. were not pissing they were about? Not pissing people around. are saying good morning. He's on the ground. People are saying good morning. Good morning. Good morning, John. <laughs> As he grovels. As he grovels. People the are bringing their bins out. Oh, morning, John. Jimmy would later remember the night like this. Paul is not the clean chap he wants the world to see. His love of blonde women and his general dislike of crowds are not told. John, on the other hand, enjoyed the people, but used his sense of humour to ward off any that he didn't care for. He also drank in excess. George was not shy at all, as the press tried to paint him. He was into sex. <laughs> <laughs> the press was always saying, real He's frigid, pretty frigid. He was into sex, as well as partying all night with the rest of us. I was not even close to them when it came to mischief and carrying on. I thought I could drink and lay women with the best of them until I caught up with the Beatles. Lay women is such a... F- they've got to bring that term back. 
<laughs> you gotta I don't get know if they need to. You gotta get laid, man. You, you know, that's you're not stuff. getting laid. You're a bit uptight. How about getting laid? Mm. Has that terminology left? I've been saying it the you whole said, time. I've, I've yeah. not, I don't feel, that just sounded that's really. That's because you walk around saying you gotta get a root, mate. You gotta get a yeah. root, and oh, I'm classy. Man, you, get, how, you, you gotta get a spoof out, yeah, buddy. That sort <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's what you <laughs> say. I'm saying that a lot, but people are still saying lay. I do, and I'm people. So yeah. yeah. Do you, you say? Do you ever say it in the way like that? Like you need to get laid. You need to get laid. That maybe that's more common. What what what, what did he uh, said, Jimmy I say? I thought I could drink and lay women with lay the best. Women. Do you say something like yeah. that? I'm going to go out and lay women. Yeah, that is what I say. <laughs> that's my plan for Saturday night. If you want to come, <laughs> okay. Let's go lay some women. Okay, let's I'll, lay some women. I'll be groveling around on the street outside <laughs> while you guys do oh, that. Oh, good morning, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> and all that. <laughs> and all that. <laughs> you know, and all this goes on, obviously. Uh, obviously. Those obviously. three things, you know, you know where that's going. <laughs> People say good morning. <laughs> and I'll read the paper. That sort of stuff. Big nuts. <laughs> the next day, the group flew back to London where they caught a connecting flight to Hong Kong. There, on 9th of June, they played twice at the Princess Theatre in Kowloon, According to press reports on the night, Jimmy really had it figured out. Yes, yes. Jimmy. He started Jimmy. to add his own flourishes. Ooh. When one of the songs ended, John, Paul and George were bowing. Jimmy continued to play a drum riff to milk the crowd for more applause. Wow. He's feeling himself He's now. He's getting confident. Yes. The other, the other like Beatles are hating it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing. <laughs> Shut up. Back at home, however, Ringo was getting worried. He lay in a hospital bed, his tonsils having just been taken out, and watched the world's press reporting about the triumph of his band around the world. And as we talked about earlier, Pete had only just replaced Pete Best a couple of years earlier, and now he was watching Jimmy Nickel replace right. him. Yeah. So he's laying in hospital thinking it's happening again. Yeah, yeah once a cheater, always a cheater. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, and he's like sucking back the most bitter jelly of all yeah, time. Yes. <laughs> Another he's- ice cream. He was feeling insecure and a little bit worried. And so from his hospital bed with his throat still swollen shut, he called up Brian Epstein and insisted that he was well and ready to join the boys on tour. Meanwhile, Jimmy and the Beatles had hopped on a plane and flown down under. Down under. Oh, so the Australian tour was with Jimmy Nichols. Yes. Ringo didn't make it. Ringo was not. Ringo was Holy in hospital. Shit. Freaking pissing into a pan. So he was the <laughs> one fielding questions about coffee and laneways. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that the Beatles, they came in 64. I think that's the only time they came, right? To Australia. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, they had this nobody, Jimmy George Nichols. That's so wow. fun. I, yeah, I just assumed it was Ringo. Wow. Yeah. So Ringo Starr missed out on the opportunity to play the Great Festival Hall. Yeah. That's right. Well, now owned by well, well. Scientology or no? Oh, yeah. Let's is find it Scientology out. or is it, or is it uh, oh, I think our Prime Minister's religion? Maybe. What's that one? Yeah, anyway. You're right. It's been bought though. You're right. One of the one of the cool new age ones. I love Scientology. I think they're doing amazing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. You have some pamphlets you were going to share yeah, with later. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about it at the end of the episode <laughs> if you'll give me half an hour, 40 minutes to talk about why it's great. Um, the first stop on the tour was Adelaide in the Centennial Hall, which is now the Adelaide Showground. They had four shows in two days. All of them sold out. And, you know, you guys are in comedy. You know how hard it is to sell tickets. Oh, Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide. <laughs> They're very last minute purchases. That, that's it's how big, quite stressful. That's how big you got to be to sell tickets in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Nickel big. 
Yeah. Maybe next time we should see if Jimmy Nichol will come with us and maybe we can move some units. Do you guys yeah. featuring those, Jimmy Nichol? Those Adelaide shows were sold out, but like at the last second. Yeah. At the last you know, second, a few people, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go. To yeah. put it in like modern context, if they if the Beatles play the Adelaide Fringe, mm. they'd be in one of the big tents in the Garden of Unearthly Delights. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah. Right. yeah, they'd definitely get the garden. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, whereas, you know, we'd be over in Gluttony or something like yeah. that or, you know, possibly possibly Rhino Room, which is a great venue, but, you know, the Beatles are, you know, they wouldn't play Rhino. Probably not. <clears throat> by all contemporary media accounts, by the time of the first Adelaide gig, Jimmy had really come into his own on stage. The excitement, noise and size of the crowds would have doubtless urged him into a more aggressive style of rock playing and the audiences loved it. This particular concert, the first night in Adelaide, was recorded by local radio station 2SM and has since become one of the more famous bootlegs of the Beatles as it's the only recorded concert during their Australian tour wow. and it features Jimmy on drums. Love it. Wow, that's cool. Pretty cool. It gets circulated quite a lot online. Unfortunately, we will never really know what Jimmy's playing was like on that first night in Adelaide because... The microphones on his drum kit malfunctioned two seconds into the opening song. <laughs> I saw her standing there. And from then on, you can pretty much only hear guitar, vocals, and the crowd. Wow. Wow. Those first two seconds. He really was good. Really right tight. on time. He was yeah. really in time. But, um, so pe- but despite that, people still want to listen to these bootlegs. Yeah, I think people really like the bootlegs because it's almost like a three-piece version of the Beatles. Yeah, It's like you can just hear the three boys singing up front. The guitars I've, it's, it's up on YouTube as well And You do Every now and then You hear a bit of a backbeat Of Jimmy on the drums But for the most part You just hear the crowd Going crazy And the three boys singing It's well, actually the, pretty cool The crowd are actually Going crazy in time though So it's, yeah. it actually so, works out fine It's actually better Than yeah, Jimmy's drumming It's quite nice yeah. <laughs> Is there a chance That Ringo heard that recording And went oh, I'm worried now That they're just Not going to have a drummer <laughs> no, They're yeah. going to go back to Skiffle <laughs> <laughs> They don't need me They're going to go to the Skiffle sound the liner notes for the bootleg state. Unfortunately for Jimmy Nickel fans, there was no microphone on the drums. But this this does give us a marvellous opportunity to assess how the Beatles might have sounded as a three-piece band. So there you go. That's official. And yeah. also good for drummers who want to play along. You can play yeah, along at play home. Play at home. Yeah. That's right. yeah. You could be your own Jimmy Nickel. Be your own Beatle. After the show, Paul McCartney asked Jimmy how he was enjoying his life as a Beatle, and Jimmy smiled and said, it's getting better. <laughs> Paul loved his response. And Paul said, I've got an, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've got an idea. That's exactly right. Paul kept that little <laughs> no phrase shit, in his that's head. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Paul loved the response and repeated it over and over again for the rest of the day, and it entered his regular lexicon. I believe the Beatles, it became an in-joke in the Beatles. Right. They would say that as like a nonplussed response to things that they should be excited about. <laughs> like when they're playing for the Queen. Yeah, it's getting better or whatever. Like that is, it became an in-joke that Jimmy started. <laughs> on the next day, June 14, 1964, feeling high on life and ready to play, Jimmy and the boys all flew to Melbourne, Australia, the home of the best coffee in the country. <laughs> yes! Some of the most sensational beans are being ground <laughs> yeah. in this place. Yeah. Good Lord. I yeah. mean, you know you've got a dare in front of you. How's that going down? Oh, mate, I'm a slave to the bean. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I can only assume these are... This is That's got to be made in Victoria, Melbourne right? mixed. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Dare, coffee, Docklands. Uh, wow, yeah. that is local. That is local. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. local. Yeah. Wow, Locally that's awesome. ground. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Docklands a must visit for anyone. Yeah, oh, yeah, Melbourne. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, a hub. Oh, you must. It's a hub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, if uh, getting quick, they're closing down most of the uh, major attractions there as yeah. we speak. <laughs> But probably to put up even better yeah. ones soon. Due to demand. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Do, do you have a big wheel that's... Uh, no, we don't have a big wheel. not viable? No, we don't have a big yeah, wheel. Sydney doesn't have much, does it? No, <laughs> Brisbane, all, Brisbane has one, for fuck's sake. Wow. You know, like, Sydney sucks. That's you should take ours. Yeah, we, we'd love it. We'd yeah. do something really nice with it. I think we'd attach it to the opera house or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just put oh, it right on top. That'd be nice. Yeah. Finally, people would go there. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a, a new um, uh, NGV building, like a, I think like a modern art mm. building was announced this week and they've said it's going to be Melbourne's Eiffel Tower. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge well, call, a, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's such a huge call and such a, a cringy way to frame it. Why can't it just be a new just thing? Just a nice yeah. building. It's also the Eiffel Tower is not an, uh, like an art museum. <laughs> it's got nothing. It doesn't look anything like it. Doesn't function in any way like it. Makes no sense. <laughs> We've already got the uh, th- that you know just across the road from there is a thing that kind of looks like the oh, Eiffel yeah, Tower already. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about anyway? <laughs> That's someone going rogue in a press conference. Yeah, I reckon they're yeah. badly done. They? <laughs> yeah. And the people in the office are, are like, no, "Why did you say well, the Eiffel Tower thing?" People, for fuck's that's going to stick. Yeah, people are going to make fun of us now. <laughs> um, okay, so they flew to Melbourne on June 14. When they arrived at the Southern Cross Hotel, they were met by the sight of Ringo Starr. <gasps> What? Ringo Starr had convinced Epstein to let him join the band for the remaining dates of the tour and he was here to take his suits back and his spot behind the drum <laughs> kit. But number one, suits. <laughs> suits first. Give me that suit. He takes it off Jimmy's back. He's like, give, give me that, give me that. So the pegs go flying. No yeah. warning for Jimmy? No bang. That's brutal. Uh, no warning for Jimmy. He uh, just shows up and he's there. Ringo's oh, there at the hotel. That's rough for Jimmy. Where's the Southern Cross Hotel, by the way? Is that still around? I think that... I don't know if it is. I think it's across the road from Dock, uh, Dockland Stadium. Oh, we love Dockland. Yeah, I think it was Southern Cross Stadium. Yeah. Or is that all I'm thinking, maybe? I don't yeah. know. I'd love to go there, though, and see where they stayed and where they groveled. And Yeah, I, you know, I went to the 50-year anniversary at Festival Hall where a Beatles cover band played the set. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was given to me tickets as a birthday present. But, of course, it was so early in their career that it was just, just the, the set. Was really, and then they did a second set with, like, oh. greatest hits. So they had to add some more yeah, shit. Yeah, I think they were like... <laughs> We can't yeah, because it's play, half an hour. They were still playing covers. They were playing Long Tall Sally and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, as well as got to so, pad it out a bit. So they take a little break and they come back and do the latest stuff. Yeah, yeah. but it's just so funny to be in a venue that's, you know, pretty big. Mm. I mean, I've seen Pennywise there. Yeah. I saw Pantera there. Yeah, sure. And then to see a cover band there, it was pretty funny. <laughs> For the second set, do they come back with like long hair wigs and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Wearing the Sergeant oh. Pepper's shiny oh, suits. So, so good. I can't, I can't remember, but that so sounds funny. like that probably did happen. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, were they wearing era appropriate clothes? I think they were. I think like they were wearing those classic sort of weird grey suits. They yeah. wore their collars. Yeah, which must have been in fashion for that week. It was or like, a, didn't they rip that off from Korea or Japan or something? Oh, I think it was maybe. like a ripped off. It was a K-pop choice. thing, was it? Yeah, it was K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was BTS or something. It's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so they arrive at uh, Southern Cross. Ringo's there. He surprised them. He's convinced Epstein to let oh, him join the band. Nickel. And Nickel was just hitting his stride. 
The five of them had a drink together, celebrated Jimmy's brief tenure and went to bed. The next morning, Nickel was woken up very early. The Fab Four was still in bed and driven to the airport to wait for a flight home alone. <laughs> so oh, brutal. Jimmy. Didn't even get to say goodbye. Isn't it it's so weird how it was just like they were like almost in a music factory, just mm. sort of like being sent yeah. around as yeah. little pawns. It's like now it'd be like he'd have an entourage with him. Yeah. Oh, you're the guy who was in the Beatles for yeah. a bit. But this guy just gets shuttled off to the airport. Probably, probably Tullamarine, I guess. 24-year-old yeah. has been. Yeah, exactly. Didn't get to say goodbye. Before he left, Epstein took Nicola aside and presented the young drummer with a gold watch engraved with the message from the Beatles and Brian Epstein to Jimmy. Jimmy spelt wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell He spells Jimmy it I-E traditionally, oh, but okay. they've put a Y here, which is an easy mistake. That is an still, easy mistake. The attention to detail. I feel like you might have... <laughs> You might have mm. noticed at some point. Yeah. Do they spell Beatles wrong as well? <laughs> <laughs> Epstein also gave him a bonus 500 pounds and that was it. Jimmy's 13 days and eight performances as a Beatle were over. His bonus five, it was less than a just being paid for one show. Yeah. And that was a, his bonus. Yeah, it's a little extra though on the, at the airport. Get probably, yourself something. Probably what he had in his wallet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Get yourself uh, going through duty free. Coffee yeah. at the airport as get well. Some little probably, mi- what do you get? One or two coffees for that some much? Some McDonald's chippies. Oh. Yeah, it's a real treat. I feel like I don't know why, but I feel like at the airport, I just feel like rules yeah. don't apply. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm in there getting multiple burgers, yeah, yeah Krispy yeah. Kreme. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the only place you get a Krispy get a, Kreme yeah, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Airport, a body smoothie. Yeah, you know, really living well. I like to, I love to get diarrhea right before I fly. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make a flight interesting. <laughs> Will I make it? I like to be sitting there on the tarmac going, can we please get up and go to the bathroom, please? <laughs> Staring at the seatbelt sign. <laughs> Turn off. So Beads of sweat. Yeah. Oh, man. That was... That's yeah. how you live. That's living in comedy, right? <laughs> in the final moments of the 2001 film Rockstar, starring Mark Wahlberg as Izzy Cole, Izzy cheats on his girlfriend, Jennifer Aniston, gets addicted to drugs and gets kicked out of the metal band Steel Dragon. Ditching his rock star image and stage name, Chris makes his way to Seattle and starts a grunge band, allowing him to write his own music, finally giving him the opportunity to be respected as a creative artist in his own right. It's a really bad movie, one and a half stars, as I said, (laughs) but I do like that ending way more than I like Jimmy Nichols' ending. Jimmy's life immediately following his 13 days in the most influential music group in human history was not great. He spent his entire salary... In nine months. No! That's a lot. That was 45,000 pounds a show. That is so much money. In nine months. Wow. Oh, my God. He must have just been living like a fucking king. He really? Did he have a thousand cars? He lived like a king. <laughs> and also, he invested a lot of it in reforming a, one of his old bands called the Shub Dubs. Not a great <laughs> name. Um, and recording albums with them. Re- well, that's, I, I don't mind that. He's, yeah. in, he's making an investment. He's, he's like, I want to turn heart. this opportunity into... And you would think, it's like... If he, it was, if he was ever going to have a bit of buzz around oh, yeah. him, it would be then. Yeah. It's like when people go on, um, have you been paying attention or something? And then yeah. they announce a festival show <laughs> right, right after it. Um, record sales were middling despite being pretty good. I have listened to some of them on YouTube as well. They are pretty good. He's got He's a jazzy drummer by nature. So it's kind of that more jazzy like... Jazz rock sound. It's kind of cool. I like it. I know drumming. Yeah, you know, that was a really good impression. That sounded like Ringo Starr. Yeah. Um, within really? a year, he was bankrupt. His wife left him and took his young son and he moved into his mother's basement. 
Sometime in the early 1970s And he started writing angry <laughs> tweets at female comedians <laughs> Sometime in the early 70s He disappeared Apparently travelling to Sweden To tour with a band called the Spotniks He wasn't heard from again Until the late 1980s When he gave his one and only interview About his time in the Beatles He says of that time I felt like I'd wandered into the most exclusive club in the world They have their own atmosphere And their own sense of humour I loved every second of it but after living through it, I don't ever want to be a Beatle. They Ooh. spend their lives living in little boxes, in airports and airplanes and hotel rooms and dressing rooms. They live out of suitcases. When I was with the Beatles, I went out alone. Hardly anybody ever recognized me and I was able to wander around. In Hong Kong, I went to see the thousands of people who live on boats in the harbor. I saw the refugees in Kowloon. I visited nightclubs. I like to see life. A Beatle could never see life like I did. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. a good bit that, of perspective. And I, and so, uh, yeah, it's so great that he had that perspective. Yeah, yeah. nice bit of perspective. He's never said a bad word about the Beatles, actually. Because it's so cool. He's like, I never, I would never be a Beatle again. Yeah. And, 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 and George Martin was probably like... Or, yeah. Uh, They're all like, yeah, yeah dude, yeah, you're yeah. a cover musician. <laughs> Not a... <laughs> Not really an option for you, so <laughs> I wouldn't be even if they asked. Nobody's asked. Yeah, no one's asked hey, we weren't, just to be clear, we never asked, right? <laughs> Ringo, Ringo was coming back. Ringo turned up at the hotel and I said, "Please, can you fill in for me tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good gag if he did that. But yeah, that oh, that is great that he because other you know other people who were close to the Beatles like Pete Best I think he never mm. really got over it yeah he talks about it a lot right yeah and that's <laughs> that's that's nice that he um he did go out and see things because the Beatles figured that out for themselves a few years later they're mm. like I don't want to be a Beatle yeah true it's they stopped nightmare. touring they yeah. hated it uh, Paul McCartney for the record never forgot Jimmy one rainy day in 1967 he was watching the sun come out in his backyard and he muttered the little in joke it's getting better to himself <laughs> so good picturing Jimmy he smiled went inside and wrote track four of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band it's getting better and that is the story of Jimmy Nickel the 13 day beetle Whoa. I love it Whoa. I think it's a real insight into the kind of funny in jokes they had yeah, yeah it's yeah. getting better Paul's like this is good <laughs> that's good stuff <laughs> did you guys watch the documentary I haven't watched it yet it's I crazy I, I was like oh that sounds really interesting and then people said it goes for nine hours yeah, and I was long. like oh, I can't do that I also just find the time daunting yeah, yeah especially because it only split up well, into three it, I yeah. put it on while I was doing like I was yeah. cooking or whatever yeah. or sometimes I was fucking around on my phone and just had it on because a lot of it is just them sitting in a room riffing yeah and they do have a lot of in jokes and they do a lot of voices they mentioned jimmy nickel in the doco a couple of oh, times cool. as a little joke because they're going to go on tour for the first time in a long time <laughs> and they're saying like oh i don't know like one of them saying i don't really want to play live what's the point of playing live and and then one of them goes, well, we'll just call up Jimmy again. We'll get Jimmy <laughs> oh. And they all kind of chuckle about it. Like yeah. they clearly like uh, like the idea of him and they found him funny and charming. Yeah, and, great. and they, I think they must have found it really bizarre to have this young kid come into their lives for 13 days and then disappear. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. And 13 he got to, days he got to live 13 it. 13 countries almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of got the experience and that's something only the five of them know, yeah. you know? But it's not like, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily them packing him into a car and sending him to the airport. No. But you could have, like, given him a call or yeah. written him a letter or something. I think the story goes that Paul McCartney got him a lot of session work through the years. Yeah, oh, Paul McCartney had his back and would say, you should hire Jimmy for your album or oh, in your orchestra cool. or whatever. Did yeah. he, do you know any of his credits later? 
There, there's credits on his Wikipedia page, and it's all stuff that Dave would know, like the bright eyes, Hofstein Orchestra, stuff like that. There's all I don't know. There's nothing, nothing jumped out, nothing huge that we know, but a lot of like session orchestra recordings for the right. most part, and jazzy stuff. Yeah, cool. But yeah, he's he's fucking lived it, and he's like we said, he's never given another interview. He's only done that one interview, and to this day. No one really knows where he is. He kind of does live this anonymous life. So he's wow. still probably alive, though. Yeah, his son was interviewed a few years ago, and he says dad's alive somewhere, but he doesn't. Wow. Want, he doesn't really want anyone to know about it. You know, wow. isn't that funny? Mm. Because because the Beatles mythology has grown and grown mm. ever since that he would now be. Almost yeah. like, even though he's in the band so briefly, mm. it would now be a thing where he's like, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, there was a thing I did for 13 days. Yeah. It wasn't even a full fortnight. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I'd love to see a movie of this. So I remember yeah. reading, the, I first heard about this story because Tom Hanks is obsessed with it. And he's oh, talked about it in he interviews. He can make a lot. things happen. Let's get Tom Hanks to make this movie because he made that movie, that thing you do, which is about a one-hit yes. wonder band in the '60s. And I think love that, that was a bit inspired by Jimmy Nickel. He said, uh, right. "I would love Tom Hanks to produce a wholesome hmm. historical Beatles movie about the story of Jimmy Nickel." So, if anyone listening has a th- like an inroad to the Hanks yeah. compound, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, let's make this yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we. I reckon we could. Would yeah. you? Would you be on to direct or? I don't think I'd direct, but I would definitely like to play both Paul and John <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how we do it's that. Just, you don't want to be Jimmy. You'd, you'd be on no, Paul no, and John. no. I just think I, I want to take a small part. Just Paul and John. <laughs> that's really big of you. <laughs> yeah, I, um, thank you. If yeah. I could be like the concierge at the Southern Cross Hotel, that actually would be a dream acting role. Yeah, but like, I, like it's a it's a comedic role. She's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. You know, I really stand out yeah. in the role. <laughs> People go, do you remember the cause? She's funny. I like that. That is, I've thought about this a lot when it comes to show business. I've thought my dream is to actually just be one of those people that has to serve the main character in yeah. a movie. And I get to say two or three funny lines yeah. in a weird way. And the peop- and no one knows who I am, but only comedy fans know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That would be great if we could all get cast as hotel staff, staff. members. Oh, I'd love to yeah. be the person that just says, good morning, John. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> you have to say it with a Dutch accent, though. I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gold member style. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was my report, guys. Uh, and uh, awesome. I think it's it's a, got a bit of sadness to it but a bit of melancholy at the end and we have to remember that it's getting better at the end of the day that's nice that's beautiful you know um i've looked up the southern cross hotel it sounds like it was uh, demolished it was closed in 1995 but for a time there it was the preferred hotel for celebrities really yeah 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 after the beatles yeah i think the beatles well it was only uh, built two years before they stayed there this is brand new so it was really it was it was hip when I was, uh, I went on a holiday a few years ago to America and I stayed at a hotel that it was an Airbnb, but it used to be a normal B&B and it was <laughs> famous for John Lennon staying there at some point in the sixties ah. and it smelt like John Lennon still was there. Like it was so gross and old and disgusting and it was all dusty and shit and it wasn't worth it. So I'm glad they knocked this old yeah. building down. <laughs> Probably put something better there. Yeah, I hope they put the Eiffel Tower in yeah. <laughs> Melbourne there. Well, the comedy, oh my God. Melbourne Comedy Festival is obviously at the Melbourne Town Hall and the Beatles came out. This is the town hall here. Holy and shit. And they stood out on the balcony 
Um, so there, so Ringo oh obviously God. he would have just been flown there's in Ringo. that morning. Yeah, maybe. there's Ringo. Wow, he's in it. Wait, Jeez, and I, I thought yet. that's why I was surprised. I'm like, I've just put Ringo into these photos <laughs> yeah. in my head. But yeah, the crowd just absolutely flooded the street below. Wow. So you can't visit the Southern Cross Hotel, but you're probably you're probably doing a gig at the same place that they hung out in. And that's I think amazing. they hung out in that bar upstairs. That oh, it, there, really? There's a place in there that you can just wander into, I think. And which the, is, they would have hung out there. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of cool. We, we should try and get a photo at, at, at one of their big landmarks. Yeah, that would be nice. Town. The Beatles, if they did the comedy festival, they'd probably be playing Town Hall. Yeah? Do you reckon main room? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Main or carpet room, room or... <laughs> <laughs> The portico. <laughs> yeah, probably the portico. <laughs> what, uh, what holds more? Main room? Yeah, main room or Athenaeum. Oh, yeah. yeah. Could do Athenaeum. They could yeah, do the Ath. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon they could sell the Ath? Yeah. I, I know Dum Dum have. Do you reckon they could? <laughs> I don't know if they could sell for the whole month, but... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> do you reckon? <laughs> Maybe they just do a three-night run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Rock's coming out soon. He's only doing... He's not doing a full comedy yeah, festival would... run, which is... doesn't Obviously doesn't have the confidence to sell a month, but... Coward. <laughs> <laughs> no that would be nice I'd love to go and get a photo there yeah it feels like there's got to be someone like you know the old fellow who's like the famous doorman during the comedy mm. festival of the town mm. I, I've never asked him before but next time I'm on a regular you're like were you here in the Beatles <laughs> 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 it's the insult he's it's like I'm 40 man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not good at maths. Is that a yes? Yes, we just answer the question, Bozo. (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, my father was working and I was a wee boy. I assume he grew up at the town hall. But uh, so yeah, you're you're going to be in town in Melbourne, but yeah, mm. you're touring all around Australia, probably the yep. world. So wherever you are, just look up CameronJames.com. Yeah, not the world, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing the world tour. But uh, yeah, yeah, come and see me do this Electric Dream show. I think it'll be a lot of fun. You're going to hear all the songs that I wrote when I was 15, and they're not as good as the Beatles songs, okay. but they're they're pretty good. Probably up BGS. They're more BGS. The yeah, they're more <laughs> like the Killers yeah, level. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, the Killers were a big influence on me. So yes. I'm excited. Do you remember they were listening to a bit of Bruce? It really changed their direction. Yes, really did. <laughs> really did. You can clock off, by the way. You don't need to still keep going about for the Killers. <laughs> All right. You reckon they're, they're doing they're okay? okay. They're doing the they're Killers doing. are an interesting band like that. They're, two of them have just yeah. retired from touring. It's just the drummer so and the singer now, Yeah, the drummer right? and then yeah. the, the guitarist and bass player are just touring members. There are a couple of Jimmy Littles who tour with the Killers. <laughs> Jimmy Littles. <laughs> a couple of Jimmy Littles. <laughs> What's his name? Jimmy. Jimmy Nickel. Jimmy Nickel. Spent an hour talking about him. Can't remember this fucking guy's name. <laughs> Jimmy Little's a boxer or something. <laughs> anyway. There's a lot of names in your head. Well, yeah, yeah, is he the impersonator? It doesn't matter. But, it doesn't um, matter. It doesn't matter at but, all. But Cam, that was a fantastic report. Thank oh, you so Thanks much. for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Love the opportunity to talk about um, music, movies, and art, and comedy, yeah. and, and coffee. Yeah. So, the big five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> culture. Yeah. Culture. That probably wraps, that sort of wraps them all I should together, have just said culture, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's all of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, have you enjoyed uh, Melbourne's culture since you've been in? Mm-hmm. I went yeah. to Half Moon Bay. Oh, yeah. Beautiful mm-hmm. out there. And I had um, McDonald's last night. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Really good. It's one of our great restaurants. Do you know yeah. what? It's um, mm. I think the main appeal, it's so fast. Yeah. Like, oh, they bang it out, right? It's so quick. I wow. sat down and I thought, they'll bring a water over. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be 15 minutes. Or, minutes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it came right out. Wow. And they rushed me out of there too. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're going to need this table. We've got a booking at six. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us, Cam. Thank um, you. You've got somewhere to be, so we'll say goodbye before right. we get on to everyone's favourite section of the show. Goodbye, guys. I won't be a part of the Patreon. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> he refuses. That is, that is fair enough. He does not like paying his respect to the supporters of the show. And I think you should note that when you're thinking about the shows to see no, at the comedy no, festival. No, 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 oh, no. He doesn't no. support you. Should you support him? Mm, interesting. We should also mention you do a lot of podcasts as well, so people around the world can hear you That's if they true. can't get to a comedy festival. That's yeah. true. If they, uh, I do a podcast with Alexi Toliopoulos called Total Re. Reboot, so you can listen to that. We talk about movies, and uh, and I do another one with other comedian Becky Lucas called the Becky and Cam Hotline, where we answer people's problems live on the podcast. So yeah, I'm out there on the internet, guys. <laughs> nice. It's all happening. You're yeah. very consumable. Oh yeah, I'm consumable. <laughs> consumable. <laughs> I'm a consumable good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta go. I'll see you guys. Bye bye. Well, as Cam James leaves the building uh, off to do some other pretty fun thing, he's probably telling a story to someone else right now. <laughs> uh, it's time for everyone's favourite section of the show. It goes for about 30 to 40 minutes. Exactly. And uh, and it has the whole time. And it um, <laughs> is a time where we thank a lot of our great supporters. Mm. Just before I get onto that, I've just Googled Jimmy Nickel. I'm like, I know this guy. I've, like, ah. I mean, I've watched that many Beatles documentaries. That I recognise his face so well. I I'm reckon like, the, of course. I reckon the beetle haircut they gave him is not uh, for him. No, <laughs> it's not. To, it, he kind of looks a little bit like, and this is going to sound rude, like the serial killer, the beetle Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, I was thinking oh, that. I thought that was too rude to no, say. No, like, I was like, he's mean? definitely got a Frankenstein like, kind he of. He could like with with makeup to make him look more. Frankenstein's monster, of course, we're talking about. Oh my about. god, I was about to say that <laughs> too. God. Get out of my head, Dave. I've read the book. I bet you haven't, so don't even try and at me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you I mean Frankenstein's monster. Did Frankenstein have beautiful cheekbones? Is he that, does have some chiseled yes, cheekbones. Is that right? Does yeah. Mary Shelley write that in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Frankenstein could not help but look at his monster's cheekbones. <laughs> Cut glass with those cheekbones. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So um, I'm. I'm I'm shattered his band didn't go on to uh, do big things, but I'm stoked that he he did not have his life ruined by that little snifter of the yeah, big time. Yeah, that's right. It didn't. Yeah. Uh, it didn't. Sounds like it uh, didn't ruin him completely. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, this section of the show, everyone's favourite section, uh, we thank a few of our great supporters. If you sign up on dogonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogonpod, uh, you can get all sorts of different rewards for supporting the show. People who support the show keep the show running. And uh, yeah, for that, there's all sorts of rewards depending on the level you join. There's three bonus episodes a month, for instance. There's a Facebook group exclusive for supporters. The nicest corner of the internet, I like to call it. (laughs) And uh, other things such as uh, you get to vote on show topics and all sorts of other fun things. One of the levels, the Sydney Schoenberg level, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. And that's what this section is now. And I think it has a little jingle to go something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. 
Ah, uh, he always remembers the ding. So in this, you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. Makes sense. You also get to give us a brag or suggestion or pretty much whatever you like mm. now. Uh, you also get to give yourself a title. I read four out each week. The first one this week comes from Claire Norris, one of our fantastic supporters. <laughs> and Claire has the title of person who sits on a couch. No, sorry, I've added a person oh. who sits on couch longer than I want because there's a cat on me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're about to move and then your pet sits on you and you go, well, I couldn't possibly move him yeah, now. Yeah, I've been <laughs> late for many a dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the dog's on me and it's very cute. It's so cute when they put their little head on you. Yeah, and they're like, I'm comfy. And you're like, I want you to be comfy forever. I don't know if I've ever sat on a couch for longer than I wanted to. Wow. It's never quite enough. What a privileged life. Man, I love <laughs> sitting on a couch. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying I only have short couch sitting sessions. Because you want, you want more. I'm always left yeah. wanting more. Yeah. That's what they say about a good couch. Always leaves you wanting more. Uh, Claire has offered us a fact. Writing, Hi all, my fact is a hybrid suggestion and fact. I put in the hat recipients of the Dickon Medal, which is a medal given by the UK to animals for acts of gallantry and is called the Animals Victoria's Cross. My fact is that Simon the Cat served on HMS... Amethyst and received the Dickon Medal and two other awards for his acts of service. Oh, thank you, Simon the Cat, you little brave hero. That sounds like a cat that's not on a couch. Yeah. yeah. It's out there doing, that cat. doing actions. It's not resting on mice. any laurels. <laughs> uh, Simon was badly wounded during the Yangtze incident from cannon fire, <gasps> as was the ship. During the 101-day siege... Uh, and while recovering, Simon... Def- I've said that so weird. No, I think it's been written weird. <laughs> I, blame, I blame Claire. During the 101-day <laughs> siege and while recovering, Simon defended the ship from rats. No, it was me, not Claire. Uh, he died <laughs> later that year Aww. and was a... Oh, I said that with too much glee. You know when you're reading and you're not taking in the words? Yeah. He died later that year. <laughs> and, and was awarded the medal and his citation read, quote, for distinguished... And meritorious service, single-handedly and unarmed, stalk down and destroy Mao Zedong, a rat guilty of raiding food supplies which were critically short. Be it further known that from April the 22nd to August the 4th, you did rid HMS Amethyst of pestilence and vermin with unrelenting faithfulness. Simon is the only cat to receive the Dickon Medal. Thank you for the pod and bring and bring me new information and laughs each week. Claire, it is our honour. Uh, thank you so much for bringing the Dickon medal back <laughs> to our attention. I love that someone looks at a cat and said, that cat needs a Dickon. That cat that needs, needs a Dickon. <laughs> that pussy needs a Dickon. All right. We, if only Jimmy Nickel was here to give us a little... Uh, rim shot, so to speak. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I imagine he'd be quite good at him. All right, thank you, Claire. The next one comes from Betsy, aka Captain Bringdown. Oh, oh looking forward to this. Here we go. <laughs> uh, with a fact. Uh, Betsy writes, this is a grim fact that is followed by a suggestion. I've worked as a vet technician or vet nurse, as some of us are called, for the past 16 years. And the fact I would like to share hits very close to home for me. Vets and other veterinary... Oh, vets and other... I, 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 was, I don't know if you noticed that, but I was saying vet because I struggle with 
veterinarian. It's, a, it's another a, February. It's a bit of a February sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's a vet. vet. That's, that's a difficult word. Stick with vet. All right. <laughs> Vets and other vet professionals... And Dave, no, I'm not talking about military vets. I can see that look in your eye. I was going to ask. I mean, the context surely was enough, Dave. Sorry, are you mispronouncing the word vest? <laughs> <laughs> look, I wouldn't put it past me. I have a close look. Oh, yeah, this is a vest-related <laughs> message. Uh, vets and other vet professionals have a much higher... Okay. Uh, have a, vets and other vet professionals have a much higher suicide rate than the general population. 2.7 times higher in the US and nearly four times higher in Australia. Freaking hell. That is grim. I had mm. no idea. Yeah. Uh, my suggestion for the pet owners who listen is to try and please be kind to your vet. Your vet nurses and the receptionists. But I think this is true as well, even if it was vests. Be kind to them as well. Be nice to vest receptionists. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make as much. Vests don't have receptionists. But they should. Good ones do. Uh, yeah, that's right. Not ones that we can afford. Yeah, we're getting your vests. Believe me, we are not the money-grubbing, uncaring bastards that we get called by clients on a nearly daily basis. Oh, that fucking sucks. Uh, we would love to diagnose and treat your pet for free. Uh, wouldn't that be, hey? That's wouldn't utopia, that be nice? right? Yeah. If only, hey? Yeah, I, I, that's right. I'm going to go on a communist rant. <laughs> Let's bring it in. Here we go. I don't understand that stuff. Please don't take that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not a perfect system, hey? <laughs> hey, nothing is. <laughs> oh, I'm sweating all of a sudden. Um, we would love to diagnose and treat your pet for free, but it's not practical because we have to pay the bills. Of course. And, and this, is, this brings me to my point. Capitalism, yeah, hey? Bills. Let's give it the arse. Yeah, get rid of it. Communism. What Tra about like a, a good mix between capitalism Imagine. and Imagine. Can we come up with something now? Okay. I feel like between the three of us, we could nut this one out. Right here, right now. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get through Betsy's. What about okay. you take the capital then. from capitalism and the yeah. ism from communism? Capitalism. Yeah, yeah but I with like a hyphen. That. Hyphen. In I the like middle. that. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's give it what a try. What about comitalism? Oh, I love that. that's fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, where was I? Uh, if you have decided you want a pet in your life, please look into pet insurance. That's a good tip. I have pet insurance. You have pet insurance? Absolutely. I have a French bulldog. You simply must. Right. Right. I don't have pet insurance because a friend told me that it was a scam, but there you go. Um, ours has saved us thousands and thousands of oh, dollars. Oh, wow. There you go. Mixed messages here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all insurance, isn't it? So, yeah. Pet insurance is, is Betsy's hot tip here. Yep. Saying, we mourn right along with you when we can't help your pet. I mean, that just must be so grim dealing with that every day. Oh, Working yeah. in, in any sort of medicine and hospitals and, yeah. and vet clinics yeah. must be so tough. And so underappreciated. Exactly. Like, without them, it'd be, you know, yeah. freaking hell. Um, saying, so we mourn along with you. It hurts all the more when we're told that all we care about is money when we explain that we can't give away our services. I'll hop off my soapbox now. <laughs> Hopefully the next fact quote or question is funnier for everyone. Oh man, Betsy, that's, uh, yeah, that is grim. So sorry you have to deal with that. Yeah, that obviously comes from a, a you know, a place of frustration for you and, and rightly so because you're doing great stuff and um, people can be real dicks and I'm sorry about that. But people can be dicks. I promise you, Betsy, I'm incredibly nice to my vet and the vet staff. And yes, they do great work. They're the best. I think under this new system, which we've dubbed capitalism, we should just make it a thing where everyone's nice to everyone. I think that's fair, yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Betsy. Next one comes from Colin Wright with the title... 
guy newly admitted to the marriage and family therapy master's program at BYU, oh. formerly known as Stressed Out Guy Applying for Grad School. Oh, oh I love that. Also, slipped in a little brag in the title. Yeah, love, love that. that. Congratulations. Love oh, that. well, I mean, that's not it because uh, Colin is giving us a brag. Yes. Yes, Colin. Uh, writing, it bloody worked, mates. A few months ago, I was submitting a fact about accountants while stressed out of my mind, hoping to get into a graduate program. Just yesterday, as the time at the time of writing this, I was officially offered admission into one of the top marriage and family therapy programs in the U.S. Yes, feels amazing, and I'm grateful to my wife for her support and all the other great mates who helped me get there. Uh, it's been a long road, and I can't w- believe we made it. I can't believe we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Well done for keeping eye contact. That was that was difficult. It was I was really struggling, but as you kept going, so I kept going. Honestly, I was staring right through you. I, I was. I moved my head and kept my eyes. I'm like, I'm ready, just so I can swing him away. Matt can't make eye contact with one of his closest friends. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's this. Maybe I could go talk to Colin. I don't know if uh, marriage and family therapy would help with oh, us. Oh, you're in a family. Not at this one, obviously. I wasn't being. Oh, I thought you were about to say we're a family. No, not at all. I'm well, saying familiar. you've got parents and siblings and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Keep your own family, please. <laughs> Do you mind? To me, friends are family. No. Uh, <laughs> Incorrect. A guy called Vincent Diesel taught me that. Uh, it's been. Uh, back to. Sorry, back to Colin. It's been a long road, and I can't believe we made it. In two years, imagine we got caught in the loop. Can't believe we made it. Uh, in two years, uh, you can expect to be updated on if slash where I go for my PhD. Won't be as prestigious as a doctorate in podcasting, but still pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Thanks to Jess, Dave, and Matt for the high-quality edutainment, huh. which has helped me at some of my most stressed moments on this journey. Cheers. Oh, cheers to you, Colin. Good on you, Colin. And That's congratulations. really exciting. Good well on done. you, Colin. Legend. Seems uh, like there'll be, you know, plenty more stressful situations in the years to come and, and will be here, buddy. Yes. You know? Hey, was that song we were just singing, Shania Twain? Yeah. She came up twice this episode. How I about know. that? Isn't that crazy? Uh, and finally, uh, Dave Loring. I should say, I read these really fumbly because I don't read them until I read them. Yeah, that's for right. For new listeners. Uh, Dave has the title of, oh no. <laughs> A querulous quizzler of quote questions, quotas, and fancy pants finder of frivolous facts. Well, not too bad. You fucking nailed that. Not too bad there. I don't know if I pronounce querulous right. But the whole, you just, that flow. There was flow. Sometimes it's funny the tongue twisters actually get, you get in a flow. Yeah. And there is a stress going on in my mind like, oh, I'm on it, but I'm going to (laughs) fall off like I'm snowboarding or something. Like, oh, it's happening. I only snowboarded once and that's how it felt the whole time. Oh, oh shit, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm oh, doing it. I couldn't, I've only done snowboarding once too and it was on a year eight camp and I had to stop and fall on my ass every four or five metres because that's the only way I knew how to slow down. Yeah. I was like, I'm going too fast. Yeah. I got to the bottom of the hill and I went back up in the chairlift and then I went and got a hot chocolate. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I went on year 10, year 10 ski camp, which was on my uh, 16th birthday, which was pretty cool. And uh, skiing down the hill, snowboarder ran into me because he was falling and just slid into me and knocked me up. And my skis went flying off me. Isn't that cool? Whoa. I was fine. (laughs) That's, it's, I, I, I'm sure I've told this before, but I, I had a similar thing, only it was my fault. (laughs) Ah. 
when hang on was this in 2006 yeah august 26 uh, <laughs> probably was to be honest, it would have been oh would have sometime. Down. Imagine though, Holy imagine. Shit. Oh, well. Wouldn't that be crazy? Oh, no, it would have been later than that. But it was, um, so I, it was just up on uh, Hotham for a couple of days. First day was a lot of falling over. Second day, I was starting to get a bit of a hang of it. And I was just flying down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and a guy, <laughs> a, a guy's going, whoa, no. And it was an instructor. Oh, no. And I'd gone off track. And he sort of like, I was going too fast in an air and, and veered into an error I shouldn't have been somehow. <laughs> and so I sort of purposely stacked, fell through a fence, like one of those sort of plastic fences that you could yeah. fall through, landed on my back, my helmet flew. <gasps> I oh. flew through this class of kids learning. <laughs> and oh, my God. Just over, like it was a real... Just sprayed across the whole thing. Apparently, my mates who were good skis and snowboarders said it was very funny to watch. <laughs> that is amazing. That's great. Shout out to that helmet that just fell off at the first sign of danger. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm out. Oh, I can't oh, handle oh, no. it. It's too much pressure. Yeah, this guy's wild. I've got to keep him alive somehow. Uh, anyway, so Dave Loring... Uh, offered us a fact this last one for this week Oxford University is older than the Aztec Empire the Aztec Empire was founded by a triple alliance of three city states Tenochtitlan Tezcoco and Tlacopan in 1428 Oxford University was teaching as early as 1096 what? And possibly earlier still, as there's no official record of its foundation. Wow. I can't quite tell if this means Oxford is way older than I initially thought, or that the Aztec Empire was around much more recently than I previously thought. I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling the exact same. Yeah. Uh, either way, I think it's a nifty fact to mess up my standard perception of history. Yeah. That's Bang cool. on, Dave. Yeah, that's wild. And well, well described with the use of the word nifty. Yeah, yeah. that was nifty. God, I love. No, people don't say nifty enough. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring back nifty. Um, thank you very much, Dave. Great fact. Uh, yeah, like I say, uh, if you're on the Sydney Schomburg level, you get to give us those. We also like to thank a few of our other great supporters. Um, and Jess, you normally come up with a game that's sort of based on the uh, topic of the day. Yeah, we are going to um, tell who they fill in for. Oh, good oh, one. Yeah. Band or otherwise could be anything. Could be anything. Love that. All right. If I could kick us off. Yeah. Um, no address here, so I can only assume deep from within the fortress of the mole. It is a person simply named Cube. Cube. <laughs> Cube. Big shout out to Cube, who is of course Nicholas Cage's stunt double. Yeah, oh, wow. I was going to say Ice Cube, but that's Nicholas Cage is good. Too. We'll go with that. Nicholas, yeah, just subs in for the cage. Subs yeah. in for the cage. Love that. I, was, I often think when people don't have their address in and then just a one-word name, like, do they even know they're getting the shout-out? But I reckon Cube would know. Cube will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah Cube, you're so, right. When it's just like, Samantha. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, there's so many of you Samanthas. But there's, yeah, how well, many there's Cubes so many, many Samanthas cubes? over there, out there. Oh God, Not enough Mirandas, if you ask me. Couldn't agree more. Not enough Cubes. Yeah. Thank you so much, you Cube. I'd also love to thank from Smithfield in North Carolina. Quick fact about North Carolina. Mm. Uh, they have, in some areas, blue fire engines instead of red. <laughs> and Michael Jordan wore his uh, high school pants under his other pants in the NBA. Pants. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> just 
just want to say pants again. Short pants. Short pants. Short pants for long. Yeah. Or shorts for short. <laughs> or pants. Yeah. Anyway, from Smithfield, <laughs> North Carolina, I'd love to thank Brian Siddle. Ooh. Or Siddle. Brian. He filled in for Australian fast bowler Peter Siddle. Oh. Really? Uh, famously eats lots of bananas. Yeah. Like 600 a day. 600. Okay, That's I've even gone, more than I realized. Gone a bit high there. That's a bit hyperbolic, isn't it, Dave? But I believe that he... Uh, Famous vegan. Yes. Peter Siddle. Went vegan and uh, didn't look back. Just eats way too many bananas. Just a real buff, elite sportsman who eats lots of bananas. Wow. I think it is like a couple of dozen a day. Yeah, it's like a lot of bananas. No, thank you. I don't want to do that. So I wonder Do I have to? Does Brian Siddle or Brian Siddle have to eat the bananas Half. to really fill in? He's only filling in oh, for true. a couple of days. You don't have to go full. 13 days, yeah. 13 days. <laughs> so you're eating uh, six bananas a day. Okay. Well, there you go, Brian. Uh, hope en- you're not allergic, enjoy. Brian. Hope, hopefully you're in need of some potass. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally can you have me, too much potassium? I reckon. I think you can have too much of anything, right? True. Except you can have too a much good water. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally, from I'd love to thank from West Valley City in Utah. Give, Give me two. two. It's Ben Robinson. <laughs> ben filling Robinson. Filling in for Keanu. Yeah, in, filling in for Keanu. In the film Point Break. Point Break. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously it's it's a lot working with not Nick Nolte, but the other guy. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. But that actually helped Buse. me. I forgot his name until you said the guy he looks like. <laughs> then I remembered... Oh, honestly, I remember this as well. The yeah. game you played at your show, oh, where yes. you got the crowd, and you realise as you're doing it, they actually don't look that much alike. So do they? the game, uh, the show you're talking about is the world record show where we broke made up world records, and the audience record that night was me and Andy Matthews and Adam Knox. This is a show we used to do, and the world record for the best people at telling the difference between Nick Nolte and Gary Busey because yeah. they look kind of alike. <laughs> yeah, they've got a similar vibe But when you blow them up like, you know, on the size of a, a giant projector screen, it's very easy. Yeah. Everyone's like, Nolte, Busey, Nolte, Nolte, <laughs> yeah. Busey. It's not like Margot Robbie and one of those other actors that looks like Margot Robbie because they're, they're much more... There's like four Margot Robbie-looking actors... And they actually I oh, would be confused. I will always be able to identify Margot Robbie. Really? Always. Wow. I reckon we should put that to the test at some point. I can do it. Uh, you're absolutely right that Ben Robinson uh, needs to fill in for Keanu because uh, Gary Busey's a lot. He's a He's lot. a big personality and on set he just needed a little break. So yeah. he filled in for Keanu. Keanu went and had a little lie down. Ben jumped in. Good work, Ben. Bob, would you like to thank a few of your, our great supporters? I would love to thank some people. I would love to thank from deep within the fortress of the moles, address unknown, David. Okay, well, this is a good example yeah. of what I was talking about. Ooh. wonder if David has any idea he's the David we're talking David. about. David, is it David Cube? <laughs> David Cubed. Uh, David. What's da- who's David filling David's in for? David's filling in for... The Edge's guitar. Oh, oh, for the actual guitar. Yeah, so the the Edge forgot to pack his guitar on tour. So he got down on uh, uh, his hands and knees. Wow. Uh, the Edge looked like he was playing, but really he, he was just whispering into an, a microphone. Ding, digga, dung, digga, dung, digga, dung, digga, dung, digga, dung, digga, dung. You know, the classic U2 sound. Yeah. <laughs> Which Edge invented. Yeah. That's pretty good. And pretty cool. David's taken it to the next level with yeah. a bit of a cappella guitar. Ding, Sounded wow. more like Barracuda by heart, but Bow Wow Bow Yeah. Ding da ding da ding da ding But that was Edge's sound. Maybe Hart ripped him off. Hart Probably. definitely ripped him off. 
Thank you, David. Um, thank you, David. I would also love to thank again from deep within the fortress of the moles, but probably one that well, will be identifiable. <laughs> I would love to thank Tambalonius. Oh, that's so my good. God, that felt so nice in my ears. Yeah. Whoa, Tambalonius. That gave you a full body reaction. Oh. You did a little like... Uh, I did a spoof. <laughs> <laughs> a full body spoof. <laughs> Let's not take your mind to the no, gutter. Okay. Nothing a brain here. spoof, Come everybody. On, Please don't be yuck. Come on, people. Not that there's be. anything yuck about spoof. Tambalonius. <laughs> That's not true. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot of yuck, yuckiness about spoof. Tambalonius actually filled in for Barack Obama. Wow. Wow, that's a big job. Barack Obama actually, uh, he had double booked himself. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you know, his team had double booked him. So he's not doing Mrs. Doubtfire style. Yeah, and so... Two uh, dinners in the same restaurant. That's right. And, and it was, he, he couldn't keep going back and forth. And uh, Tambalonius happened to be there. And said, Mr. President, it would be my honour. It would be my honour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I try to do that. That wasn't uh, bad, yeah. Thank you very much to Tambalonius. And uh, finally for me, I would love to thank from Cork in Ireland, uh, Keen or Keen Griffin. Keen Griffin. So glad you got that one because I would have said Cyan or something like that. I had that. to remind Sean? myself. Sean, yeah. No. Yeah. No, Sean is different. Kian. Sean is S. Kian Griffin. S-I-A-N. C-I-A-N is Kian or Keen. Great work, Keen. Love it. From Cork. Keen from Cork. Love that. Uh, Keen Griffin obviously filled in for Jimmy Nickel. Yes, that 13-day tour. Jimmy. No. He had a, he had a bit of a bad hangover no, on one he, of those shows and it needed to fill in himself. Sub- That's when Kian stepped in. Wow. He just happened to be standing side of stage twirling some sticks. Wow. Because he was practicing for Olympic gymnastics. And they said, hey. Stick twirling. Can you, is that a, one of the things mm, they do? Mm-hmm. said, hey, why don't you twirl those sticks over here? Yeah. And they sat him kit. on the drum kit. And he just, he never played before, but he freaking nailed it. I mean, the audience couldn't hear the drums anyway. That's true. So they're just like, just twirl that a little bit to, <laughs> to a beat if you can. Yeah. And uh, we'll pay you $45,000. That's right. Because wow. you, you know the in the story uh cam mentioned how the early shows that looked like jimmy nickel didn't know what he was doing yeah that was actually oh, Ken. Ken, yeah wow. Oh, wow there you go yeah. well and we and we thank you for that that's how we nailed the look right. though he got the haircut they fitted him up for a suit yeah so what is he they like the, the ninth beetle the tenth beetle yeah somewhere in there yeah pretty good i liked how uh cam seemed to have a definitive fifth and sixth because yeah. usually they'll just say like there's a million fifth beetles yeah but yeah, I liked how Cam brought a bit of, a bit of sort of clarity to that yeah, whole numbering nice. system. He ranked them. Dave, you want to thank some people? Yes, can I please thank from Bendigo here in Victoria, Matt Allen. Matt Allen, um, say hello to my auntie Rose who lives in Bendigo. While oh, you're right. filling in for her partner, <laughs> Derek. Derek. Is that? Oh, you don't want to give away his name. No. He's not dead or something, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> oh, my God. He's not. But, but you don't want to say that. But she name. does not have a partner. Well, she didn't. <laughs> Until. <laughs> Until Matt, Matt stepped Allen. up. So really filling in, filling a gap in the market here. Oh, my God. Here. Matt, actually, I mean, you hit the jackpot. Rose is living happily by herself. But, um, yeah, she, fought, she did get herself into a sticky situation when she told uh, the nosy neighbor yeah. that... 
she couldn't come to dinner because yes. her partner had his tuba recital. Yeah. <laughs> so she then she scrambled. She had to find someone who played the tuba. <laughs> Matt, you were nearby. Uh, so you came in tubering away mm. um, and worked out perfectly. Thank you so much for saving Rose's day. You're a hero. You're a hero. The hero we needed. Thank you, Matt. Great. And next up, I'd like to thank from California. And the location is Castaic. Castaic, California. Love Castaic. it. Castaic. No idea. Never, never heard of that one, I'm afraid. Hey. But uh, famous for the uh, location. Calls himself a geography nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that that is the place where Frankie E lives. Frankie E. Frankie E. It is an unincorporated Frankie. community in the northwestern past of part of Los Angeles County. Oh, there you go. Cool. Sounds like uh, Frank wrote his name down as he was falling off a cliff. Frankie. Frankie E. Double E. Yeah. E-E. Um, Surname E. Maybe middle initial E. It's part of... Uh, the people also ask, is Castique a nice place to live? <laughs> uh, the homes are more affordable than closer to the city and it's one of the top 10 safest cities in America. Wow. wow. There you go. Great place to live, Frankie. Who fills in for um, Al Pacino? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and that sounds like <laughs> I can't do an Al Pacino. I swear I've heard you do a great one before. Yeah. No, what's I give her a line to work with? What do you got? Or something like I'm that. I literally I cannot. Is that something I don't he think might I've say? ever seen I, an Al Pacino. Have we done a hua type thing? Hua. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's Matt. I think it's Matt. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't do a Pacino. I, like, I mean, I can't. I can either. do almost anyone else. But do you know who can? Who? Frankie. Yeah, Frankie. Yeah. Just do a De Niro. <laughs> Jess is absolutely nailing De a silent De Niro. more in the face. Yeah. It's like an upside down mouth. But do you know how you know a Pacino script? Yeah. Covered in coffee, according to that coffee commercial that he Oh did. my god, yeah, of course. Al Pacino. And then he goes <laughs> and then he just taps What's the, are you thinking of cappuccino? <laughs> no, he does. He does say And that. then he just taps the table and goes, That's good coffee. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen that app, but I love the sound of it. I'm a big big fan of the patch. You know what's funny? Can I call him that? It actually yeah. wasn't even Pacino. He won't do commercials because he's obviously Academy Award winning actor. Yeah. Why would he? He gets Frankie E to do the commercials wow. as him. Yeah. That's how good Frankie is. Well done, we Frankie believed e. that was Al. What have you got? <laughs> <laughs> That's good coffee. And finally, I'd like to thank from Seattle in Washington, it's Matthew Abbott. Matthew, Matthew Abbott. Matthew Abbott from Seattle, obviously. He is listening as he fills in for... Fraser Crane. Okay. <laughs> wow. On the air? I yeah. was going a different direction. Where but... were you going? <laughs> well, famously, Kurt Cobain <laughs> listened in Seattle. One of his big things. He listened... And then he played music based on that. But yeah, I guess Fraser could also probably listen. Does he have anything with Seattle and listening though? Yeah. Because huh. he says, I'm listening on the radio. Doesn't he? Yeah. He hears the, the blues are calling, for example. You know what? You're Toss right. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Oh my God. You are right. Yeah. That makes sense. Great work, Maybe I Matthew. see you a bit confused. <laughs> well, maybe. But well, I, I got, got you pegged. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Pacino? <laughs> That's Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what to do without a salad and scrap. That was a really funny coincidence that I said a thing uh, that worked in that context. Sometimes you and I just end sync. <laughs> like Juzzy T. Yes. And one of the other members of that Lance band. Bass. Lance Bass. Joey Fatone and the other one. 
And is there the a Kevin? Rest. There's probably a Kevin. There is in the Backstreet Boys. Uh, that's one thing. Thank of. you so much, Matthew, Frankie, Matt, Kian, Kian Tambalonius, David, Ben, Brian, and Cube. And uh, finally, what we need to do is invite a few people into the Trip Ditch Club. The way this works, uh, there's, there's seven few, inductees Dave. this week after only one last week. Uh, Dave is the hype man. I'm going to read out the names. I'm on the door. This is a, a club you get to enter yep. once being a supporter on the shout-out level or above for three straight years. So Dave's in there. He's in the club. This is theater of the mind stuff. I'll read out your name. Dave's going to hype you up. Jess is going to keep Dave up and about because he's not very good at it and Jess needs to sort of boost his self-esteem so he can just get through it. Mm. Uh, Jess normally has a cocktail named after the show as well behind the bar. Yeah, we've got Beatlemania. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I've taken liqueurs that are all colours that you'll find beetles in. Yeah. Um, Christmas and, beetles. Yeah. And then I I pour them into a glass. It's like a Long Island iced tea in that it's full of alcohol and yeah. it will fuck you oh, up. I love that. But it's pretty delicious. And then I've Flavor made... covered by Coke. I've made little um, sausage rolls, but in the shape of beetles. Oh, fantastic. I misunderstood. And uh, Dave, you've, you normally book a band. Yes, obviously a very musical episode. Party. We've, we've t- talked about a lot of great arts on this episode. And amazingly, coincidentally, of course, we've booked NSYNC. Oh, oh my God. Shit. All five members, which I'll now name. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Joey Fatone, Lance Bass, JC Chassez, and Chris Kirkpatrick. Okay, those last two, I don't think I've ever heard. I think that's a f- reference in an Eminem song that makes sense now. Chris, Chris Kirkpatrick, Kirkpatrick can you can get, get your ass, ass kicked. kicked. Better than those little limp. Biscuit Bat. Isn't it weird that lyrics like that say, is that one of his big songs? I think it's Without Me. Okay, that is like that's his quite, big song. That's quite big. Is that Mum Spaghetti? No. 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 <laughs> I saw him play at the Dockland Stadium. <laughs> big fan. Big, big fan, fan, obviously. <laughs> I, 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 used the, I had a phase for a while where I would not say no to any concert. I'm like, but if a mate wants to go see a concert, I will go with him. So I saw all sorts of bands for a little while there. Not that I'd don't like Eminem, but I just wasn't. Yeah. I wouldn't normally spend a lot of money, which the ticket would have cost to go see him. Anyway, uh, so we've got seven inductees. You ready, Dave? Um, because your time starts. Okay. You got this. Now from Lena Valley in Tasmania, Australia, it's Eleanor. Ring the bell, Eleanor. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that is from good. Clarksville in Maryland, the United States. I'd love to welcome in Natalie Greenley. Ooh, Natalie, have some green tea. Please, yes, take, take that seat. last train. And from Jarrow in Tyne and Ware in Great Britain, it's Patrick Ward. Oh, can we give this guy an award? Yes, best Patrick. From <laughs> yes, good one. <laughs> address unknown, deep from within the fortress of the moles. It's Jordan Roundtree. Oh, more like Jordan Roundhouse as you kick the door down. Ow! Welcome. Woo! Also from un- address unknown, it's Akela Talamaska. Talamaska. Wow, that's an amazing name. I thought you were going to say Akela there. Sorry. Oh, Akela right. Talamaska. Uh, Akela, I feel ya. Yes. Why do you? I thought you were riffing. You'll have you done homework here tonight? <laughs> yeah, I've written these down. <laughs> Uh, from Muncie in Indiana. Oh, that's cool. I remember that's the so Muncie good. Flyers. What? Which is one of the original 
football teams we talked about in the Super Bowl episode, it's Kyle R. Haggerty. Let's get Maggerty! Yes! <laughs> and finally from Baton Rouge in Louisiana, United States, it's Jody Scram. Scram, sh- everyone else, because Jody's here yeah. and they're number one. Get out. Welcome into the club, Jody, Kyle, Akila, Jordan, Patrick, Natalie, and Eleanor. Oh. Welcome in all. As always, fantastic names. Um, and, and great location names, oh, too. Yeah. So good. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Jess, what do we need to tell people before we go? Just to remind them once again that they can uh, get tickets to see our live podcasts. <laughs> getting emotional you, about it. Are you okay? <laughs> are you worried that people aren't coming? <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> People are. <laughs> it would really mean a lot to me if you would. Um, <laughs> no, I just had, I needed to burp. Um, come and see our live podcast at the comedy. Sorry, I always choke up at this time. Comedy festival, Matt. We really need to sell some tickets. Yeah. It's looking grim. Okay, um, that is a grim fact. So everyone, please buy, 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 buy for along. for the price of three. If you get the season pass, and they do go on pod.com. You can get tickets to uh to our shows. So come along. It's going to be a ripper great time. Um, if you want to suggest a topic, there is a link in the show notes that you can do that. You can also do that at dogoonpod.com. If you want to get in touch, dogoonpod at gmail.com and dogoonpod across all social media if you want to, I don't know, see what we look like or uh, be up to date with what the topic is going to be this week. Yeah, Dave, boot at home. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much and goodbye. Ladies. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.